All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello! Whoa! Here we Welcome. are. Welcome! Whoa! Here we are. This is this week at Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, new relations, new relations, new relationships. Yeah, yeah, beautiful stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff, plus comic books yep. and movies and video games and all oh, the things so that we do much at Marvel. Stuff, man. Um, I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by Benjamin J. Morse. Marvel's Benjamin J. Morse. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, we've actually got a sound engineer this time. Our young intern. Hey. Can you? No, no one can hear. Can't hear. No you can obviously hear. have headphones on, on, and you know that you don't have a microphone in front of you. Great job. You right, keep, keep talking. Answering. Wow. That's, that's intern wow. Nick doing wow. a great job on on the cans. Yes. <laughs> Wearing the cans. <laughs> I was called. behind someone in a car the other day, and they were driving with headphones on. Like big headphones? Yeah, full oh, wow. on headphones. And I wanted that's to tell them that is a bad thing to yeah, do. Yeah, that's irresponsible. Yeah, totally. That's why you get a Bluetooth. Or you know, yeah, or you know, have a car that you know can you can talk to the whole car. Yeah, you know, that's fair too. Yeah, one of those guys. We've got a lot to cover this week, yep. and Ryan doesn't have a lot of time to do it. No, so let's jump right in to our big three picks of comics from this week. Yeah, uh, first up, we've got America, America, comic book, uh, so good. Yeah, I know. Written by Gabby Rivera, art by Joe Canonas, Joe Rivera, Paulo Rivera, and Jose Villarubia. Villarubia. Um, amazing team right there. I mean, this is the first thing I've ever read written by Gabby Rivera. It's yeah. her first comic book, yeah. but she's she's a YA novelist. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot of work. Um, but this is the first thing I've re- read by her. But obviously, Joe Canonas, Joe Rivera, Paulo Rivera, Jose Villarubia, incredible art team on this. Uh, and it's just, what, I, what was really cool is like this first page of the issue is something different. It, it opens up with this... Um, this page says, we asked 100 people, who is America to you? Yeah. So you've got your Family Feud demographic already, already in the box. Like you've them. got, hey, you're a fan of Family Feud? Boom, this book we'll is like for America. you. And there's a big crossover between those two. Hell yeah. Fans of America and fans of Family Feud. 100%. America the comic. Yes, definitely. America Steve the Harvey, mm. huge fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. so we've got that, and it opens up, and it's really fun. It's like you've got Kate Bishop, you've got Miles Morales, you've got Loki, you've got Storm, different characters, uh, and some you know rando you know regulars yeah, just, who are just, just like normies. giving their impression of America and what they think of them when that comes to mind. It's just great. It was a cool opener for maybe hopefully a lot of people who are going to come into this issue brand new to the character because mm-hmm. I think this has a lot of crossover appeal to bring in people who just. Haven't been reading comics, but we've got some cool marketing and publicity Abs- around it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it opens up. And then the next page is a beautiful splash page of America Chavez just saving lives and being awesome. So cool. New costume yep. look, right? Like this. Is- you know what? I think 
America doesn't really have a costume per se, and I feel like this is going to move or like this is going to switch around. Like she just wears whatever's comfortable to her. So to me, but this right here outfit. looks like a full on like, hey, yeah. she's got a cool costume. Obviously the jacket, know, and the gloves, and all that stuff. But like TBD, let's see what happens next issue. Okay, great. Uh, but it, she just looks awesome. She opens up right into saving uh, this place called Maltixa. Mm-hmm. A planet on the outskirts of the utopian parallel. Uh, so it just opens up with the Ultimates and uh, America going crazy, saving the day. Some weird stuff happens, but she saves the damn she day. Does it. She does it. She gets it done. Yeah. She's the leader of the Ultimates. She is. This is heartbreaking. 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 We go from big action to heartbreaking emotion like that. Yeah. we've get, snap of my fingers. Because this is America's book. So we mm-hmm. get to see her personal relationships, the things that happens when she's not saving the multiverse. Because yeah. it's not just the universe. It's the, the multiverse. multiverse. Uh, so we get to see her and her girlfriend and this whole thing that we've seen little bits and pieces in yeah. other books. Um, see, she's wearing another American flag shirt here. So I'm just like, she's going to keep switching up American flag shirts. How many? Like, all right. If, if my name were like... I don't know. Godzilla. Yeah. How many people? I would have a lot of Godzilla apparel. You already do, right? I do. All right. Yeah. So I'm ju- I think it's great that her name is America. She's like, you know what? That's they it. make everything for me. Yeah. I can get, you know, uh, flags waving and like animals bursting out of people's chests in the name of America. Sure. Those are t-shirts you can get yeah, at like the absolutely. Walmart and stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, no, back not to- Not an endorsement for Walmart. No. They're not an endorsement for anything. They're not sponsoring this episode. Um, but- you do it like Ben said. We have this this high moment and then crushing a uh, little bit of heartbreak right in there, which sets America on her path. Because what we find out is that she wants to go to college. Mm-hmm. She wants to go to school, sort of live a little bit more of a normal life in between still doing all the things that she does. Right. Uh, and so she's got a little bit of soul searching. She's talking with her best friend, Kate Bishop. We get to see she doesn't just go to college. She goes to Sotomayor University, which, one, Brilliant. amazing. Yeah. Um, Two, it is this awesome school. Like, there's this two-page spread where it's uh, it lays out the campus and a, a lot of like key things there. And it's not your everyday normal university. No, I would. I wish I had gone there. I know. I feel like I could have gotten a lot out of Sotomayor University. Yeah, SUNY Purchase, great school for me. Yeah, but I think I could have excelled even more at Sotomayor University. But we go there and we start to find out like much more about the school and what why america is going here and i think it's also cool that like she goes there and people know who she is Mm -hmm. it's not like she's just like regular regular person going to a new school she has saved as we've said saved the multiverse multiverse multiple times it's kind of the theme like from that first page introducing it like where they had that nine panel grid and it's people talking about her to the way her ultimates teammates regard her to people knowing her at the school. I, I like that this is establishing as like, she's a big deal. She's an important hero. Um, it's really like you, you see her through the lens filter of people in the Marvel universe. And that's, it's kind of a cool touch. Totally. Uh, we get to see a character show up in here who was in young Avengers, mm-hmm. young uh, Avengers alert, which is awesome. It reminds me, uh, it, it makes me think that maybe, you know, we're going to see more of this character. They're going to be a recurring part it of this book, like they will. which would be great. Yeah. It's awesome character. Um, and then a little bit of a flash of America's past, present and future. Um, it's really cool. Beautiful art throughout. And then at the end, I will not spoil it. It's perfect. But she punches somebody in the yeah. face and, and it look, makes me so happy. She's got another outfit on there. 
She's got all the she's American got, outfits. Yeah, she's got, she does not, that's what I'm saying. She does not have an established costume. No. She is just wearing what she feels like when she feels like it. But I I feel like that is a costume that she feels like putting yeah. that on on certain times. But, like, that is one of her, like, costumes. We're going to have to agree to disagree. I, w- I am always right. We know that by now. Uh, but, damn <laughs> yeah. it, this is a fantastic Were you right book. about Thanos Rising last yep, week? Yep, 100%. Okay. I was. Just checking. Yeah. Just checking. All right, moving along to Bullseye number two, written by Ed Brisson, art by Guillermo Senna, colors by Miroslav Mirva. Uh, Bullseye is just a nasty book. Um, it starts out, the first thing is Bullseye is in Colombia. He's looking, he's taking on a job. He's taking on a mercenary job where he's going to rescue the son of some dude from a crime lord. Uh, the crime lord is established as uber scary throughout this. But Bullseye basically says, like, look, he, he just confronts a gang at the beginning. And he's like, tell me where I can find, uh, tell me where I can find the Black Knife. Because that's what he's looking for. That's and a great just, name, yeah, too. Black Knife. Uh, he slaughters this gang. And I love... Uh, uh, Guillermo Sana's art on this it's it's very uh it's 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 reminiscent of all the kind of dark grittier there's almost like a Frank Miller quality to it um but it's Bullseye taking down a gang and the problem Bullseye runs into is he's so used to everyone being so terrified of him that they will give him whatever he wants what he runs into down as Columbia is that this Black Knife character is apparently even scarier than he so all these people are like you know what I don't care what you're going to do to me because Black Knife will do something worse. And we see Black Knife. He's got a great design. Uh, he's telling this kid who he's kidnapped all this horrible stuff. We've also got an FBI agent who's trying to take down Bullseye. Uh, she meets up with Shotgun and Bullet, two <laughs> daredevil Punisher villains who are just great. Shotgun and Bullet. Just oh, wait, like, oh, so they, are those established dudes? Oh, yeah. They're real. Oh, They're legit. Okay. They're legit. I Because for some reason, when I think of them – I think of them, and I think Nick, you'll probably get this. They remind me of the Ginyu Force for from uh, Dragon Ball Z, right. just because like they're so ridiculous. I feel yeah. There's a part where they do oppose. Mm-hmm. I like like almost like oppose. It's there's yeah. a part where he's like yeah, like yeah. they're ridiculous, and I love them. No man, these are these are two established guys. Yeah. But Shotgun and Bullet, the FBI agent, enlists them to help her find Bullseye. Bullseye is at a police outpost where he's just taking a guy's fingers one by one trying to get information on a black knife and then he, we have go ahead i'm sorry but oh, please before you, you well you, you're talking about the guy losing the finger mm-hmm. he's using playing cards using playing cards to take off fingers and it's in we see it i it it defies all logic and i believe it yeah like i am fully bought into the fact that he's using a regular playing card he's actually not using playing cards he's using cards from the la hacienda motel Sort of like business cards. He's using business cards, yeah. which are the same. It's yeah. the same level of like danger. I so love shotgun, it. bullet, and the FBI agent find the gang that Bullseye slaughtered at the beginning. They realize that Bullseye is trying to draw out the Black Knife. This is where we get the whole detail on the Black Knife that he's one of these. This is one of my favorite tropes in uh in crime fiction, where you have the guy who he won't just kill you; he'll kill everyone you've ever loved. Yeah. I mean, it's such a cliche, but it works perfectly here. Oh yeah. For some reason, I found it super terrifying. One hundred percent. They talked about like some federal police coming down and trying to take out the Black Knife, and then they said he basically marched out one by one. Their families, their friends, their neighbors was just killing them. So this is a great foil for Bullseye. I mean, the question is, how do you do? a book where Bullseye is your protagonist. He's got to be somewhat <laughs> sympathetic, and he's a psychopath. You just make an even bigger psychopath 
who he has to take on. And uh, before he can take him on, Bullseye gets faced with a whole crowd of guys with black knife tattoos on their forehead. So he's going to have to fight through another army just to get to this black knife dude. And who knows when Shotgun and Bullet are going to show up. I don't know. And, you know, there's something. Yeah. So, I hope this, by this, this intern, man, I hope the out of control bullseye and the black knife just end up making out and go on like a natural born killers murder spree. And like, that's where the, that's where the story goes in my head. They're, they're meant to be together, right? They're totally hundred percent. They should, I would want them either to get together that way or do like a buddy cop movie. Yes. Where they're, I prefer the making out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, um, you know, we take what we can get. Yes. All right. On to Deadpool number 28. First part of to death to us. Till death do oh, us. Oh, there's no part? Oh, right. never mind. The part is actually... Till death do us part one. Oh, Ew. my God. I just got that. You got it. Uh, it's Nick, with, Nick is Nick making is, all sorts of hand gestures. Yeah, you guys here. are missing out on uh, some real big yeah. slapstick once, here. Once we, once we get the video portion of This Week in Marvel yeah. going, that's going to really... He's going to shine. Yeah, Nick's going to be He won't be man. here anymore. No. Um, all right, on to... Yeah, so we're talking about Deadpool. This is the first part of the big crossover, which seemingly will be the end of the marriage between Deadpool and Shikla. Seemingly. Seemingly. That's what I'm saying yeah um written by jerry duggan art by salva espin colors by ruth redman all right one we know jerry is crushing it when it comes to deadpool amazing with everything and we'll we'll get to more of that but salva hasn't done as many of the main deadpool book Mm -hmm. he's He's done done a lot of the limited series he did um what was the most recent one that had power pack and venom oh back in black back in black Yeah, yeah, yeah um and it was great yeah it was wonderful but this it feels like like another step up, mm-hmm. like for Salva, which is really beautiful. A lot of really uh, delicate line work mm-hmm. in places, but also still does not stop from doing the amazing facial expressions and like the, the craziness that we've loved in, in all his work. So we've got all that. Um, but this really comes down to there's an inciting event and that happens here as this giant monster is in the subway and he's yelling about his home. And then all the people in the subway have their guns and they oh shoot. God, this was this was actually heartbreaking. Right. It was like this poor giant monster. Yeah. And then when you find out his backstory, yeah. oh man, it's it, brutal. And that that's Jerry right there. Yeah. You really it's hate like, those people in the subway. Yeah. 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 Yeah, do. you do. You do. I do. Um but you you know, you you find this, oh, this the story and then as it unfolds, you're like, damn it, that's awful. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's seriously. really crazy. But uh it pisses Shikla off. Deadpool gets involved, and you find out like there's a reason why the monster metropolis and Shikla and her people are very upset at the way they're being treated and, mm-hmm. and the place that they have in the world. Mm-hmm. People are kind of the worst to yeah, them. They're terrible. They just because they're monsters, guys, doesn't mean they're monsters. So, and as an aside, I've been playing this game called The Witcher, and yeah. in The Witcher, you're a monster hunter. You go around. You, yeah, you you have your sword, and you get you have to kill monsters, right? He just loves doing this stuff. <laughs> There's all kinds Nick of other is just stuff. Pantomiming that you like a boss. I know. There's all kinds of other stuff that you do, but you're you're basically to protect people from monsters. But mm-hmm. in a sense, you're also protecting the monsters from people. Mm. There's rock trolls in the in those games, and they're like moderately intelligent. Like there's this whole thread about morality and stuff. Mm-hmm. And playing that game while I you know reading this, you know, like it struck a lot of similar chords mm-hmm. in how like just because they look you know, dangerous and crazy and evil does not make them such. Mm. Um, it was really just, this book was really timely for me. Mm. Um, but we go into seeing Shikla and her situation. We've got uh, her. She's just been doing it and doing it and doing it. 
She you know it. She's been, she lives in the bone zone. Oh yeah, literally lives there. Yeah. Hundred percent. She's all about that bone zone, and you know her. The people that are boning with her, they're like, "We had to do it." Yeah, you know. Sorry, sorry. Deadpool. Yeah. And Deadpool's Nothing like, personal. yeah, he's he's all upset about it. He's decapitating people. He's mm-hmm. going crazy, but he's not satisfying her. He's never there for her. Right. It's it's pretty terrible. This for has been kind of the thing I like about this crossover. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about this crossover is it's been building really. Oh yeah. Since day one of Shikla being part of the Deadpool book. Yep. Uh, from the beginning, Deadpool said he wasn't going to be able... And, and he says in this book, he goes, the only reason I got together with her was to screw over Dracula. Yeah. And I, uh, yes. de- yeah, yeah, yeah. I developed feelings for her, but I don't have the emotional capacity to be there for her. He, he's like, she needs. I know I was going to screw this up. Yeah. It was just, now it's now it's coming apart. He didn't realize it was going to have such consequences for people outside of the relationship. Yep. Which, come on, Deadpool. Come on, uh, Deadpool. There's this great – he's like – he realizes he's in over his head. He needs to call some friends. He needs some help. Yep. There's just this great page of six panels of him calling, you know, people he's close to. Steve Rogers, Mercs for Money, Spider-Man, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, Mr. Sinister. Yeah, sure. Mr. Sinister. I love it. Why not? I love it. Oh, so good. Um, but we find that Shikla's got – she's got some some pull right now. She's got some power behind her. Um we get to see some of our favorites mm-hmm. from earlier in the run and from the Infinite Comic. You got Werewolf by Night, Living Mummy, Frankenstein, Marcus, who is the uh, diabetic gladiator, right. centaur, werewolf with a symbiote and he's robot He's a werewolf legs. now? I don't think he was a werewolf last time. Oh, he's got werewolf. Now in he's him. a werewolf. Uh, plus the Invisible Man. So we know that they're going to show up. I can't wait to see more of them. Plus, by the end, the last page mm-hmm. has uh, a character involved in this who... Definitely going to slice and dice. Do you think we get uh, Dracula at some point? I hope by the end Dracula's like, hey, what about hey, everybody? It's a some Dracula. <laughs> it's a Mr. Dracula. All right, moving right along. Doctor Strange number 18, written by Jason Aaron, art by Chris Pachalo, who also does the colors. I don't, I didn't know that Chris Pachalo is a colorist. But He's everything. Apparently he is. Inks by Alve, Tim Townsend, John Livesay, and Victor Olazaba. The situation Doctor Strange has been dealt is Mr. Misery went and took, like, all the patients who back when Doctor Strange was a surgeon, a surgical doctor, and he cut tumors out of them. Mr. Misery went and put tumors back in, and if Doctor Strange tries to magic them out, they basically explode. They're basically like bombs. So Doctor Strange enlists the help of Thor, goddess of thunder. They show up. They battle their way through Mr. Misery. Um, This is amazing art. This is Chris Pachalo just doing what he was born to do. Uh, run? They, no, oh. not born to run, uh, sadly. Um, but they are going to do the procedure. They're going to they're gonna surgically remove these tumors from the uh, from the victims. And that's why it's great because Dr. Strange goes, do, Thor's basically like, what do you need me to do? Like, watch the door? Like, <laughs> you know, make sure no one comes in? And she's like, no, I need you to be a doctor because you are jane foster and she's which like i know well, i yeah. don't know what she's you're like, talking like, about who's this jane foster you're talking about um but no dr strange is like look i've always known you're jane foster not a big deal need your help right now <laughs> we need to take these tumors out of these people so we get some great like if you're a Grey's anatomy fan you know some great uh Grey's anatomy type <laughs> scrubs action. how about scrubs scrubs i'm a big scrubs guy if you're a scrubs guy you're gonna love this scene elsewhere uh you know any of those <laughs> hospital dramas er Sure. Clooney? Um, is to, Clooney in this issue? Clooney is basically, um, his presence is felt. Right. Um, it, well, to be fair, 
Clooney's presence yeah. is always But Thor just does some awesome cool stuff. Meanwhile, Doctor's... So it's a little bit of a role reversal because Thor is the one doing most of the medical stuff while Doctor Strange and his big old axe has to go fight Mr. Misery. Problem with that, Mr. Misery has taken over Wong's body. So now Doctor Strange, who wants nothing more than to get Wong back, has to discover, like, can he fight Mr. Misery without fighting Wong as well? Uh, Thor gets back in the mix. The way that they get rid of the tumors... Okay, I was waiting for you to get to it. The way that they get rid of the tumors is horrific, um, but it's perfect. Perfect for this. Uh, It just plays into everything that Jason has established. They do eventually uh, come to a conclusion, but Strange Strange is basically screwed because he needs to get Wong back, and Wong just seems totally infected by this Mr. Misery. So, I don't know, man. Mr. Misery, great new villain... Uh, great look, uh, very cool ties to Doctor Strange. Obviously, a villain of Doctor Strange's own creation, um, who couldn't exist without Strange's hubris, and just a wonderful character for him to play off of. Yeah, Ugh, so good. Love that. Book. Ugh. All right, my third pick of the week. This is... would have been one of mine if you hadn't picked it. That's FYI. Right. Yeah, so good. The Unstoppable Wasp, Unstoppable. number three. I feel like. It's been the third consecutive issue where it's been picked. Yeah, I think we've picked it every time because it's so good. It is. If you're not reading it, I can't understand who you are. Just get out of our lives. This book is incredible. Uh, Written by Jeremy Whitley, art by Elsa Charitier, colors by Megan Wilson. Um, So there's a bunch of stuff going on, but it Mm -hmm. opens up with – with Wasp talking to Ying, who was like her best friend, who mm. was held in the red room with her, yep. and uh, like also super smart, but something is wrong. Like she's like, "Hey, let's go. We can just go and do science, and we're Yay! free, and everything's great." And Ying is obviously like in a bad place. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot more weighing on her uh, than than we see right here, but. Uh, Nadia does not have enough time to really reflect on that because there's a, <laughs> a giant raccoon loose in New York City. When you and know then it. there's. Not rocket raccoon. No, like a, a, a raccoon. Full on regular old raccoon. And then uh, Devil Dinosaur shows up. And then we get to see uh, Jarvis rolling with Luna, Lunella Lafayette. Uh, great scene where Nadia is like really. Just like, oh my God, you're Lunella Lafayette. You're great. Yeah, like, let's you're be the friends. Smartest person in the world. Yeah, let's do science together and be cool, and you'll be part of Girl and all this other cool stuff. And and Lunella's like, that's great. I've got a whole lot of stuff going on, but cool. Um, my best friend is a giant dinosaur. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go do our stuff. But obviously, they made this connection. It's super neat. Nadia has other things she wants to do. She was supposed to go see Matt Murdock because she needs to figure out her citizenship thing, but she misses that, which leads to this great little scene with uh, with Wasp, with original one, Wasp, yeah, Janet Van Dyne and Jarvis and Nadia, which I hope we get to see like that all resolved mm-hmm. in the coming issues. But super fun stuff. Uh, there's a beautiful scene with Nadia getting a new phone. She makes up a song about mm-hmm. getting a new phone, yep. which I want to sing. She's just song. delightful. She's the that's, best. That's the best word to describe her. Yeah. Is delightful. Yes, so great. Uh, but she just meets this punk girl who's like hanging out on the streets mm-hmm. in the middle of uh, like Midtown, and I think they're. In Times Square, aren't they? Yes, they are in Times Square yeah. um, because Nadia is going to try to to meet someone, another really smart girl. Yep. 
Girl's not there Marty's right now. just boom, boom, boom. She's yeah, just one she's thing got to the next, man. She does not stop. Yeah, but she recognizes the tattoo on this punk girl's arm. They strike up this great friendship. Mm-hmm. It's just really fun stuff. Uh, Nadia, you know, she's just bouncing around all over the place. She's got another person she has to meet, and they have to go to Brownsville, Brooklyn. There's this whole section. Like, the characters who are these young girls who Nadia is, like meeting throughout this, I hope they become recurring characters. Absolutely, I mean, I think they're meant to. Yeah, because right? um, it's it's super fun. You know, um, we learn about their. You know, uh, this girl, her name is um, uh, Lashayla Smith, mm-hmm. and her dad and this whole situation. And she dresses like Janelle Monae, and she's uh. freaking great. Uh, it's just awesome scene after awesome scene and then we finally get to see that Nadia has to go back to Times Square to meet with the person she originally wanted to talk to who is also super duper smart but she's working at this store in Times Square dealing with very insensitive friends of hers Mm -hmm. Uh, but Nadia's like let's do science let's be friends and this girl's like I don't want that. I yeah. want a normal this is life. the first girl who turns her down. Everyone else has been like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. Science. We love science. And this girl's just like, look, I know I'm really smart, but I'm trying to fit in, yeah. trying to have a normal life. Doing super science with you is not going to help matters. Right. And she's like, I just, I don't want action and adventure. I just want my regular life. And then boom. boom. Of course. Pound, pound cakes. cakes. Where's Pound Cakes from? Uh, pound Cakes is from the old thing, Marvel 2-in-1. Uh, unlimited class wrestling. Associate. So she was an unlimited class yep, wrestler. she was yeah. an unlimited class wrestling. She's a big, strong pro wrestler, obviously. In this situation, she's doing protection. Mm-hmm. She's sort of a quote-unquote protection racket. Uh, you know, I don't know why you put that in quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. Yeah, I don't know. Because well, it's not actually protecting anyone. Right. It's, it's, it's a dangerous so. situation. You so. uh, but you got pound cakes. You got two more interviews at the back with uh, awesome women who are doing cool stuff. Science. Uh, yeah, it's just unstoppable fun. You know what's kind of interesting about that too? Is so little of that book is about her being the wasp. Oh yeah. It's really mostly about her being Nadia, super smart girl genius. Yeah. And the fact that she has wasp powers just kind of is a matter of fact thing. Like when I didn't even think about that when I was reading it. That's what I was thinking as you were flipping through. I'm like, does she even use her powers? I think she uses them once to catch catch uh, Yeah. Um, But that's the only time she uses it. Brilliant book. So good. Wonderful book. Um, also great, Moon Knight number 12, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Greg Smallwood, and colors by Jordi Belair. And may I say, in a week of great art, mm. this may be the greatest art of them all. It's pretty amazing. It's incredible. The texture, it feels like it feels like I'm reading a book of sculptures or something, mm. you know? Uh, it, it does not feel like two-dimensional, but uh, Mark Spector is in a bad way. He's about to be sacrificed in the overvoid by... Uh, these Egyptian gods. He's trying to rescue an Egyptian goddess so he can get his buddy Crawley back. Then Moon Knight shows up. Say what? Then Stephen Grant shows up. Say what? And then uh, Space Mark Specter shows up. Say what? And they all. And basically, we thought he'd gotten rid of all these multiple personalities, but apparently not. We're also at the same time flashing back to some years ago when Mark Specter was in Saudi Arabia when he was doing his first bit of mercenary work. Just intense stuff um he's looking for the wolf uh much like bullseye was looking for the black knife there's parallels here the wolf here is is just a drug person yeah but i like getting back to uh greg smallwood look at how he did the panels how he does like triangles and different diamonds and all sorts of stuff uh then he's got yeah it's a it's a really great use of 
negative space. Absolutely. It's just taking like building the page and you're not filling every single corner, but you are using those empty spaces yeah. to accentuate everything else. 100%. And uh, Moon Knight, Mark Spector rather, really has to come to terms with the fact that he he has to choose between does he have these alternate personalities that can help him out sometimes? Does he want to be healthy and kind of put them off to the side? It's some really poignant stuff. And then back in Cairo some years ago, we meet the guy who's going to have a huge effect on Moon Knight's life. We get to meet Bushman for the first time. And was Bushman... You can call me the Bushman. <laughs> Great line. Was he the, the dude who had his face uh, cut oh, yeah. off some oh, years ago yeah. when we were still a wizard? Yes. Yeah. Many a year ago. They had a... What, Nick is over here. Nick is just in his own little world. Yeah. You know? Just pretending to eat. Off on his own. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about two more books before we get to our uh, rundown. Let's talk about Clone Conspiracy Omega. Yes. Number one. Oh, do you mean Amazing Spider-Man events, Dead No More, colon, the Clone Conspiracy Omega number one? The same. Oh, okay. I was hoping you were going to repeat the title to me. But that's fine. We've got a number of stories up in here. Uh, First is... Collateral Damage by Dan mm. Slott and Christos Gage. The art by Corey T. Smith and Looks Justin like, Ponsor. I, I thought it was Jim Chung. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really, really Corey good. Corey Smith crushes it. This is like a big focal point that tells uh, like those moments right after the main events of Clone Conspiracy as everything is sort of calming down. The violence is all, for the most part, over. Uh, Everybody's dealing with the losses. They're trying to pick up the pieces, figure out where to go next. Peter is... He's reeling. Mm-hmm. He's like he and so many others are just reeling from from the events that they've gone through. Uh, and Peter doesn't even have a, a moment to like calm down and deal with like the fact that his uncle Ben was exhumed and almost yeah brought back to life. It's a huge moment that was yeah. basically glossed over in Clone Conspiracy because there was just so much else going yeah. on. He couldn't focus on it. For yeah, long. yeah, he couldn't deal with it. Now he starts to deal with it, and then boom. Rhino is freaking out. Yep. Rhino is really upset because he got his the love of his life brought back to him, and then it was abruptly taken away. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he is just fractured because of that. And you get what ends up being this really wonderful scene between Spidey and the Rhino. Rhino yeah. And, like, they have this conversation. And I really hope we, we follow through more of, like – that possibility of them the relationship yeah i think that's really sweet and something like a definite cool evolution of of that whole situation definitely the last part of this story is the creepiest Uh, it involves the lizard forgot about i forgot about the lizard yeah so it's a lizard bit of business so if you know you remember what happened with him and his family throughout clone conspiracy Oh, boy. Yeah, that was a a curveball. It was very interesting. Totally. Uh, Second story is called Give Us a Wink. It's written by Peter David, art by Mark Bagley, and John John Dell and Jason Keith. And this follows Ben Riley. This sort of sets up his news series. Uh, that's Scarlet the creative Spider. team, right? Yeah, that is the creative team of the upcoming Ben Riley Scarlet Spider book. Yeah, you see him, and he's such a dick. Yeah, he's the worst. Uh, he's like manip- He's still manipulating I people. And I used to really like Ben. I know. So you know, it's hard to see. I'm hoping he make takes a turn at some point. Yeah, he does do like he does a quasi heroic thing. So that's kind of nice, but uh, it's selfish. Yeah. And it may have been something he set up in the yeah, first place. I'm pretty sure he, yeah, I'm pretty he, sure he, he he's just a Never jerk. mind, he's the worst. Yep. Uh, and the last story of the issue is called King's Favor, written by Dan Slott, art by Stuart Eminent. New amazing Spider-Man artist, Stuart Eminent. And 
hands down one of my favorite artists. So good. Just incredible. Just evolves constantly. If you yeah. look at his stuff from 10 years ago, it looks nothing like that. And if you look from 20 years ago, it looks nothing like that. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Uh, uh, with inks by Wade Von Grubadger and colors by Richard Eisenhoff. Um, and it's Spidey getting angry and going after the Kingpin. But this is just a little bit of Kingpin. Really, mm. the focus is on what the relationship boils down to what Kingpin gives to Mm Spider-Man and sort of uh, a payment for uh, like he owed him a favor and he gives him something that is actually huge and will dive us right into Amazing Spider-Man 25. All right, up last, we've got Monsters Unleashed, number four, written by Colin Bunn, art by Salvador Roca, colors by David Curiel. This book is just so fun. Yeah. Just over-the-top crazy. We've got pages upon pages of Salva drawing amazing hero versus monster fights, but also bringing in the good guy monsters, uh, Van Doom's monster, Goom is in there. Fin Fan Foom is in there. I actually know a lot of these guys simply because I've been editing TJ Deech's Monsters Unlimited, Monsters Unlimited, Unleash the Beast series. That's <laughs> uh, been all about all these different monsters and monsters unleashed. So it's cool to see them showing up. But really, the cool stuff in this issue is the stuff with Kei Kawade, uh, Kid Kaiju, and Moon Girl. So we've this is the first like big event Moon Girl's been involved in. And she right off the bat proves herself she's using her science, but also the fact that she can kind of relate to Keikawati. He's, he's a kid who's been thrust into these big circumstances. Elsa Bloodstone's there as well to protect him. Um, we've got the inhumans there trying to basically explain like his destiny. We've got all this stuff going on with the Leviathons coming in. I also, there was something really cool to me that I was just like, I was reading this and I was like, okay, this is a big Marvel crossover event. Back in the day, if I read like Infinity Gauntlet, it would be like, okay, Wolverine's doing this and Hulk's doing this. And just the fact that it's like, I don't know, there's just something cool about seeing Laura as all new Wolverine and seeing Amadeus Cho as the Hulk and they are, and seeing Miss Marvel or any of these other characters and them having a major role in here. Just yeah. like how different the Marvel Universe looks and it's just so cool. I don't know. I'm not verbalizing it very well, but it's very, very cool stuff. Um, the queen mother of Leviathan shows up. I think is that her? No, no, that's not her yet. So all the so Lunella has figured out how to translate the noises mm-hmm. that the Leviathan monsters are making, and she's helping the rest of the heroes understand it. Mm-hmm. And it is not good news. No. Because they're here to basically clear the path for the Leviathan Mother, who is bigger, scarier, more dangerous than all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though there have been dozens, if not hundreds of them, and the heroes and the good guy monsters have been doing their best to repel them, they're in for the fight. The fight of all fights. Yeah, seriously. And where do all these monster parts go after they... Uh take them down i you know Just giant monster the carcasses. old monster glue factory yeah. um i think we're gonna need a uh, damage control yes. spinoff for this totally um nick is being gross yes he's really uh, the worst but w- one of the uh, pivotal parts in here is that there are so many leviathans coming that k is is basically like i w- he's he's being told to draw and redraw and draw and redraw mm-hmm. the monsters over and over again to help out because he has to take, uh, like, you know, Fin Fang Foom is in, you know, one place. He finishes the fight there. He's needed somewhere else. So yeah. he's K's powers are allowing him to basically transport the monsters all around yeah. the world. And he's doing it so fast. And it feels like it's still not helping. Yeah. And these gross mini monsters, they look like lobsters, like, mutated to hell. Eventually show up to try to take K down. I forgot to mention Miles Morales is there. Yeah, uh, he plays a big part. Elsa Bloodstone is awesome. Medusa and Karnak kicking butt. 
and just trying to protect Kay from what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the queen. Yes. She is ugly. She's scary, so yo. They're all, they, these monster designs are crazy. And it ends with Captain America, Sam Wilson, just basically saying, Avengers, champions, X-Men, Inhumans, everyone, assemble. And Deadpool goes, Mommy? <laughs> it's brilliant. It's yeah. going to wrap up uh, wrap up pretty nicely in issue number five. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the rest of the books that are out this week. You just missed a whole lot oh, of singing. So good. In between those breaths. Yeah. 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 <laughs> literally, literally between breaths. Yep. That was an amazing song. Yep. All right. Enjoy. We've got Avengers number five out this week, uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Mike Del Mundo, with some colors by Marco Delfonso as well. Um, and this, we've got a future vision. And they just call him Future Vision. Vision I love of the it. future. Yeah. He's great. And he's like craggly, like weird gnarly looking vision from well in the future who is trying to help out they they have this crazy thing where they're gonna merge all the different time or or bridge all the time so if i punch you in the face now Mm -hmm. because of this time thing it's gonna affect the thing in the future even though it's a i don't know all kinds of crazy stuff we got three teams of avengers they're going after kang and it's awesome it's pretty cool man uh, Avengers number 4.1, written by Mark Wade, art by Barry Kitson, inks by Mark Farmer with Raphael Fonteras and Drew Hennessy. Uh, it's, it's all about Hawkeye in this one. Hawk, er, well, first, of all, first, it's all about Quicksilver, because Quicksilver has broken both his legs and is unable to heal. So they've got Avenger X working on it, trying to get him back up and around, but he doesn't want to be back up and around. Then someone poses. Oh, this was actually a really cool touch. It was the acrobat who posed as Captain America in Strange Tales number 114, which was like a pre-Cap coming back in Avengers story, where it was like they teased the idea of Captain America coming back. Mark Wade, of course, uses that character here to pose as Hawkeye, frames Hawkeye for crimes. Okay. The uh, Avengers go out to try to redeem themselves. They run into the, the Frightful Four. It's Avengers versus Frightful Four, but now Avenger X is revealing her true hand and that is bad news for the avengers because she is going to mess them up yeah all right we've got champions number six written by mark wade uh art by umberto ramos, umberto ramos. victor olazaba elgar el edgar delgado with nolan woodard uh so in the champions number one point mu good. issue very good which you should definitely read because it was it. fantastic. Yeah, we, ta- we raved about that last it week. It introduced uh, a team called the Freelancers. And we posited at the time, we go, wow, it would be great to see these characters again someday. Yeah. Somewhere down the road. Yep. And then, boom, Champions number six gives us really like the meat of the, the Freelancers. Yep. And really, they are the worst. They're the worst. But it makes, it makes me wonder if they were because Jeremy Whitley wrote the uh, yeah. MU issue and obviously Mark Wade wrote this one I wonder if they were created by Mark Wade handed off to Jeremy for his book created by Jeremy Mark liked them when he was approving it or if they worked on it together I'd love to know more about who created the freelancers if only we worked at Marvel and could find these the yeah. answers to these questions this might be something I have to seek out yes um, maybe follow up on yeah yes anyway we get to see that the champions have a really cool influence on the world in here they go paintballing uh, For I know some people were wondering where Miles was mm. he's back here with the team yep. uh, getting you know in the paintball it's a really fun situation in here but yes freelancer play a big part in this issue it's really figuring out who they are what they're all about and they are the worst yeah great villains 
Hawkeye, number four, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Leonardo Romero, colored by Jordi Belair. This wraps up the first case of Hawkeye. She's got a cool new villain named Aggregate, who we may have seen the last of after we see the first (laughs) of. But he's using stickers to promote hate. Uh, and then all the hate that he can absorb from other people makes him stronger. All Kate's got is her bow, her arrow, and her sass. She tries to take out this dude. She also has some friends. She's building up a nice little supporting cast. And But there's some mystery as to the nature of this threat, and it has something to do with Kate's father. She's going to follow up on that. But first, she's got to deal with Jessica Jones. Yeah. I very nearly chose this one as my three. Yes, it's did. so good. So good. Yes. Okay, Marvel Universe Avengers Ultron Revolution, number nine, adapting the episode Inhumans Among Us, written by Paul Dini, directed by Phil Pignotti, and adapted by Joe Caramagna. Also from the Marvel Universe line, we've got Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six, number eight. The episode is Beached, featuring the Sandman, written by Jeffrey Thorne of solo fame and Mosaic, uh, directed by Young Ki-Yoon. And adapted again by Joe Caramagna. Yeah. All right. We've got uh, Marvel's uh, Spider-Man Homecoming Prelude number one, written by Will Corona Pilgrim, art by Todd Nock, colors by Vero Gandini, and it's based on uh, Captain America Civil War screenplay and right. bits in there. So, but what's cool if you love the movie, uh, you get a little bit more of the scene. You know, like how you see Spider-Man on the little cell phone video. Mm. You get to see that from an actual perspective of the events there, yeah. and then lots of cool Civil War stuff. You also get to see Todd Knock drawn at all. Yeah, which is the bomb. Yeah, Silk number eighteen, written by Robbie Thompson, art this time around by Tana Ford. Um, colors by Ian Herring. Silk is dealing with the fallout of clone conspiracy like so many are. She puts Maddie Franklin to rest. And then she kind of comes back to her life. Uh, we see what happens to J. Jonah Jameson, which is really sad. We see what happens to Silk's job at the Fact Channel. She doesn't really need it anymore. And her kind of coming to grips with, okay, I found my family. How do I fit into this family? How do I adjust back to a life I never thought I would have? Uh, she has some really nice moments uh, with her brother and, uh, and with her therapist and then eventually it leads her to make a big decision that is going to take her in a new direction as Silk and as Cindy Moon. Yeah. All right. Slapstick number four written by uh, Riley Brown and Fred Van Lenti. Storyboards by Riley. Art by Diego Olertegui. And colors by Jim Campbell. This is adaptation of two issues of the Infinite Comic. Um, and I remember reading the Infinite Comic, and I was so excited because we introduced the like War the War Dogs so and great. Scratch, which are uh, parodies of wonderful cartoon and comic book characters from the 80s and now, and it's super fun. Uh, you should definitely check it out. I'll, I'll let you figure out who the War Dogs and Scratch might be. Spider-Man 2099, number 21, written by Peter David. Art by Will Sliney, colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Spidey 2099 has lost his fiance once again. Uh, he heads back to Parker Industries to try to get a handle on things. But there, Captain America 2099 and the would-be Iron Man 2099 are dealing with Electro 2099. 2099. Um, oh, did you say 2099? And then Spider-Man 2099 shows back up and gets in a fight with Electro 2099. And uh, Captain America 2099 pitches in as well. Iron Man 2099 is trying to escape. And once Spider-Man 2099 takes down Electro 2099, he has to go out and search for Iron Man 2099 because he has figured out how he's going to fix 2099. 2099. All right. Uh, Last up, we have... Nope. 
last up for me is Star Wars number 29, not 2099, written by Jason Aaron, art by Salvador La Roca, colors by Elgar, Edgar Delgado. And it's Yoda versus a mountain. Yeah. And Yoda versus... Just as exciting as it sounds. It's awesome. It's oh, so good. put out Yoda versus a mountain, you better live up to it. That's some high expectations on my part. Yeah. Uh, Yoda versus some, some messed up kids. Young punks. Uh, just awesomeness. This is dope. It looks cool. And it's crazy. Yeah. Finally for this week, we've got Totally Awesome Hulk number 1.mu. I took a village on this one because the first story starts out written by Brian Edward Hill, art by Ty Templeton, colors by Matt Lopez. It's this kind of cool Amadeus Cho teaming up with White Fox. is a great new Korean character we were introduced a little while ago. They're fighting a giant monster. The art style kind of indicates that this maybe is a little simpler than most of the adventures. Amadeus Cho figures out that... The reason for that is because Zem knew the Titan has just put him in a dream. So that was a weird dream sequence he was having. In the dream sequence, though, he fights a Godzilla yep. Gamera hybrid creature, and I love it so it's much. Great. And he's hitting on White Fox. And oh, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. kind of hitting on him back. Yeah. That's kind of how he realizes it's a dream because she's going <laughs> for his, like, stupid game. Uh, but then once we go to the real world where they're fighting Zem knew the Titan, uh, Brian Edward Hill is still the writer, but Ricardo Lopez Ortiz takes over on art with Rico Renzi on colors. Really good stuff. And then there's a great backup story called Math is Magic, written by Leah Williams, art by Janie Sen- Lindsay. Uh, colors by Esther Sands, and this is about Maddie Cho teaming up with uh, Lady Hellbender, who we saw in early issues of Really Awesome Hulk, trying to get her to come to Earth to help out against the Leviathans, helping her fight a smaller battle, and then trying to convince her to come help out all the heroes. I loved that little Maddie Cho story. It was cool. Really cool, uh, very sweet and heartbreaking, but it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I want more of that. More of that. Uh, more comics, though. Collections on sale this week. We've got Carnage USA, Daredevil by Mark Wade, Omnibus, Volume 1, Deadpool Adamantium Collection Slipcase Hardcover. Big old Deadpool collection. Nice. Uh, Death of X, Guardians of the Galaxy like by... I said Death of X like you were kind of surprised or startled by I it. I thought we had already collected it. But no, Death of X, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy by Jim Valentino, Omnibus. Karnak Volume 1, Flaw in All Things. New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, Complete Collection Volume 3. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, Omnibus Volume 3. Uncanny Inhumans Volume 1 in hardcover. And X-Factor Epic Collection Genesis and Apocalypse. Over on the Marvel Comics app, you can get everything we talked about with the exception of Slapstick Number 4, but you can instead get Slapstick Infinite Comic Number (laughs) 5... That makes sense. Uh, and you can also pick up Monsters Unleashed Special Edition number four with all sorts of goodies and extras in it. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week, New Invaders number one through nine, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane number one through five, Spider-Man Unlimited from 2004 number one through 15, X-Factor 1986 two through eight. Digital collections on sale this week. We've got Black Widow Deadly Origin, Black Widow The Things They Say About Her, Deadpool The Adamantium Collection, Death of X, Excalibur <laughs> Classic Volume 5, Fantastic Four Masterworks Volumes 8 and 9, Karnak the Flaw in All Things, and X-Factor Epic Collection Genesis and Apocalypse. Yeah. All right. On Marvel Unlimited this week, we've got Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 4, Captain Marvel, number 8, Deadpool, number 17, Drax, number 10, Extraordinary X-Men, number 13, International Iron Man, number 6, Marvel Universe Hulk Agents of Smash 2 and 3, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man vs. the Sinister 6, number 2, Marvel's Doctor Strange Prelude, number 2, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 10, New Avengers, number 15, Nighthawk, number 4, 
Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number 9. Star Wars, number 22. Star Wars The Force Awakens, adaptation, number 3. Here we go. Supervillain team-up, <laughs> 1 through 13 and 16 and 17. That's Submariner and Doctor Doom and a yes, whole bunch sir. of other villains. It's Great stuff. Awesome. Red Skull's in there. Super cool. Uh, 70s goodness. Uh, Thor Annual, number 16 and 17 from mm-hmm. the original Thor series. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 11. Uncanny and Humans Annual, number 1. Venom Space Knight, number 11. We have three issues of the 90s What If. Three. Number 9, number That's 23, great. and number 16. Which ones? Which ones? Which ones? Which ones? Give me, give me, give me, give me. Number 9 yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. What If the New X-Men Had Died on Their First Mission. Okay. Okay. Number, uh, what was the? 23? 23, I don't remember. But then number 60 was a X-Men wedding special. They were all X-Men ones. Okay. I think, I forget what the middle one was. I just entered these this morning. Oh, um, man. But, yeah. I'm psyched. We just all the what ifs from all the, the what 90s. Ifs. We need them. Let's need them. Yeah. Uh, then we've got from the uh, late 80s, early 90s Wolverine series issue 54, 75, 88, 101, 102.5. Yeah, we did those Kiss back FM. in the day. Uh, <laughs> 115 through 118 and 154 and 155 plus Wolverine annual number one. Uh, both annual number one from 1995 and annual number one from 1999. Hey, what do you know? Uh, it feels like there's something big Wolverine happening right now. Yeah, I guess. We're yeah. really filling up our Wolverine coffers. Yes. And X-Men 92 number six. That's a lot on Marvel Unlimited. A lot of stuff, man. Well, you've got to run. I do. I have eight I, minutes I mean, before the car oh, comes. Oh, nice. We did it. All right. Yeah. So just to give you guys a quick rundown of the rest of the show, I'm going to have editors Daniel Ketchum and Will Moss in here to talk some X-Men and Inhumans Prime. Uh, we're going to go over to the West Coast where we'll have your movies, television, and games news. Now I'm going to be back here with the very popular Alex Lopez to do uh, all your questions and comments. So if you're not, we'll get to that. Um, and Ryan, we wish you good travels. Thank you. And I will not be here next week. No. I am not going to be back in time. So Twim URC will move one week we'll move out. One so week. Uh, you guys have more time to read X23. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the first ever X-Men in Humans Summit here on the This Week in Marvel podcast. We have representatives of both the X-Men and the Inhumans. For the X-Men, we have Daniel Ketchum. Hello. Hello. Chris Robinson. Hey. For the Inhumans, we have Will Moss. Hi. Charles Ooh. Beecham. Is that how you pronounce your last name? That's right. How there you go. Right the first time. So, guys, first question. Inhumans and X-Men clearly don't get along. Does that carry over to the editorial offices? Yes, very much. Okay. So you guys have been at war for the past few months. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, how has it been collaborating, working between your two offices on the whole Inhumans versus X-Men IVX event? Uh, I mean, it's kind of boring, but it's gone pretty well. We get along pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, I mean... I, as well as anybody can get along with Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Shots fired. I mean, I pay, I pay visits to Will's office every now and then. I try to, you know, lighten the mood and... Mm-hmm. And, you know, tell them how good comics are made and, you know. It's brutal. <laughs> Very brutal. So what do we have to look forward to with the end of IBX, guys? The final issue is yet to ship. Um, first, let's look at it from the X-Men side. What is the fallout for the mutants from IBX? Um, so wait a minute. Am I, what am I allowed to talk about here? Daniel is stroking an imaginary goatee for those of you am, who I can't am. see him. I'm which unable is, to grow one of my, my own, so I'm just stroking an imaginary one. Uh, this is coming out this week, so anything you okay. feel comfortable talking about. Oh, lordy. Um, well, without giving too much away um, with IVX number six, 
Uh, obviously, the X-Men have a lot at stake, um, arguably more than the Inhumans, because this is their future, this is their livelihood. Um, and the Terrigen cloud has been um, plaguing their existence for the past year or so. Um, obviously, knowing what's in store, what books are coming out of it, uh, the X-Men do have a future, and we'll see how they get there and what they do with it. Okay, on to the Inhumans side. What is the big sticking point that we can reveal for the Inhumans coming out of IVX? Um, I mean, the, the Inhumans and IVX, like the, the next generation of the Inhumans plays a really important part. They already have been playing an important part in mm-hmm. the IVX book, but that's uh, a big factor in the final issue too, I'd say, and, and Medusa as well. She was a huge role. Um, and it really changes, it upends everything about the Inhumans uh, going forward. The end of IVX. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say uh, the the biggest thing you look at the Inhumans over their history, and and they've they've been all about legacy. They've all uh, they've always looked looked backward towards where they came from, um, and a lot of, uh, of of what shakes out is is kind of a, a change in in their what what they're focused on, and mm-hmm. it's it's looking forward. Um, hmm. What's what does this mean for us going forward? Uh, it's it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and, and it's about that next generation of Inhumans kind of stepping up. Very much about the next generation. Very cool. Characters well, like Miss Marvel. Let's not forget, there's also some really cool stuff happening with Emma Frost, with Medusa. <laughs> um, I think that one of the fun things is that Charles Soule, one of the writers on this book, kind of always saw this as this war between these two queens. Sure. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that that's really carried through in this last issue of IVX. I really enjoyed that. So what can you tease about what's coming up for Emma Frost? Um, oh, geez. You're going you know, to put that out there like that. Come on, man. I, I don't know that I can say much, honestly. Because there's she's, she hasn't shown up in any of the lineups for the She has not. There was a reason for that. Um, we kind of, I mean, as, as people have seen over the course of IVX, uh, Emma has been wheeling and dealing. Um, in IVX number zero, we saw mm-hmm. that sort of uh, in the background, as all the other X-Men books have unfolded, Emma was in the background wheeling and dealing and sort of making her own place to safeguard the future of mutant kind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know that I want to say much, though, about how IVX is. There's uh, one panel... I think that we'll get a really, really big response at the talent of IVX number six. I know certainly I read it off the when I saw it, like, what? Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's there's um, a fun moment with Emma at the end of IVX that readers will enjoy. And she still has a lot to answer for. I mean, most of the characters on both sides still don't know the truth about Cyclops. Right, right. All right, so speaking to what comes next, let's start with the X-Men. We've got X-Men Gold, X-Men all Blue, X-Men books. all sorts of stuff. You guys want to just run them down, talk about what's coming up, what you're excited for? Sure, we got Gold, we got X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, uh, Generation X, uh, Weapon X, uh, Iceman, Jean Grey, uh, something, something cable. for everybody. Oh, yeah, Cable. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the if you, if you want... A certain character, we probably have them. Like Generation X covers many, many different <laughs> characters. Um, that's probably the book I'm most excited about. Um, but you know, the the lineups are not set in stone. So the the, the teams you've seen so far are much bigger uh, than than you think. Yeah, since I would say Messiah Complex, um, the X Men have had this cloud hang over them. Where a, a, a they literally had large. a cloud hanging over them, Daniel. <laughs> that was the series yeah, you it, just did. Yeah, that, that is that is literally what happened. Um, but they um, they've been under this threat of extinction in one form or another, and a lot of these stories have been about, oh well, you know, how are the X Men going to survive this threat, whatever this mm-hmm. threat is, this week, this yeah. month. Um, and so what was really fun about this line of X-Men books was we came out of IVX and, and the X-Men have a new lease on life, and it's, well, what do you do with it? 
Um, and so it was sort of this like blank check that we were handed and in turn handed over to these writers. Um, and they've done really fun, different things with it. I mean, as Chris was saying, it sounds like there's something for everyone. I mean, X-Men Gold is sort of your big, bright, traditional superhero book. Um, the X-Men being heroes, not just to mutant kind, but all of, all of the entire world. Um, X-Men Blue, meanwhile, continues the story of the original five. Um, and again, it's them. Um, the original five X-Men have, have been plucked out of the past and dropped in the present, and they're making a name for themselves. Um, and I don't know, I think at this point the readership knows that um, they have an unlikely ally in Magneto. Whoa! Um, yeah, no, we know that. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. Um, so and those are and that, that sort of forms the core of the line when we yeah. we sort of go from there. I mean, Chris is working on Weapon X with Greg Pak, and that looks mm -hmm. like it's shaping up pretty well. Yeah, very vicious, lots of blood. You like blood? <laughs> it's there. You guys um, even have the Technet coming back in the Rocket Raccoon book. We do. We we have really like engineered yeah. a, a, a hostile takeover of Marvel by the X Men properties. That's pretty fantastic. Um, Generation X is written by Christina Strain. Mm. Um, it's. Uh, it's, you know, we always sort of have a school book or a young X-Men sure. book, but, but she's putting her own spin on it where it's like, um, sort of like the misfit kids, where mm -hmm. it's, you know, not every, not every mutant is made to fight a sentinel. And this is the story of those kids as they, as they learn how to just survive in a world that mm -hmm. hates and fears them. And, um, it's a lot of fun teen soap opera, who's kissing who, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But you'll still see your old favorites, you know, uh, Chamber is in there, Jubilee, like all the original Gen X crew is floating around even though it's uh, very much focused on these new characters as well. So, um, And then we have a slew of solo character books that it seems like the, it's pretty amazing that we went from a line of maybe like four or five X-Men titles and now we've got about double that. Yeah. Um, and so we've got... Can you guys handle it? I, the question is, can you handle it, <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got you know Jean Grey coming up. With Jean Grey gets her her first ever solo series, which we're mm. really excited about. Um, and as Dennis Hopeless as as he had this epiphany as he was pitching the series, and he was like, "It's Kill Bill. It's basically Jean Grey preparing herself to go after her white whale, which in this case is the Phoenix. Mm. Um, and and you know she knows that her predecessor, it's um, adult Jean Grey, was sort of stuck in this endless loop of like life and death as the Phoenix came and possessed her, and that's just what it became. Um, and she's determined to not let her fate be that. And so she's decided that, hey, when the phoenix comes for me, I'm going to beat that sucker down. Um, and so it's her mission of, of preparing for that big battle. And then, you know, we may or may not see a spoiler, we will see it at some point in the series. So yeah, it's, a, it's a fun idea for a book and a, and a fun idea for Jean Grey, I think. Cool. Well, let's jump over to the Inhuman side of things. Gentlemen, you've got a few new titles also spinning out of IVX. What can we expect from the Inhumans office? Uh, we're a little more lean and mean. Yeah, very. Uh, you want to run, run them down, Charles? Yeah, so uh, we've got we've got Royals, um, which focuses on uh, the you know the the big names, the heavy hitters that, that everyone's looking for: Medusa, Black Bolt, uh, Gorgon, uh, and that's going to be written by Al Ewing uh, and drawn by the great John Boy Myers. Um, very excited for that. And then and that, that's about like the after IVX what. Uh, royal family does next and mm -hmm. they decide to go off into space they're gonna find they're gonna go to the explore their Cree roots and find uh, some answers um, but nothing goes according to plan and they'll meet people like Ronan the Accuser mm -hmm. uh, who's Crystal's ex-husband ex-husband yeah, yeah. So gonna be one of many drama there. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal's part of this group too uh, yeah uh, along with Marvel Boy that's a fun addition to this group. He's, he's going to yeah. be kind of their guide. He's got some Cree connections from mm -hmm. his past. I was so. about to say, is he an inhuman? He's not, but he's Cree uh, from, uh, so he has, he has information from his reality's Cree empire that he thinks will be relevant to what the, what the royal family is looking for now. 
Yeah, and uh, that and that book also features a couple of our new Inhumans. So people who uh, who have found uh, the Inhumans uh, interesting over the last couple of years, uh, you'll you'll be able to see like Flint and Swain there as well. So uh, that'll be fun. Um, and then uh, the book I'm probably most excited about is Secret Warriors. Mm. Um, that's the one that's focused on all of the the younger generation here on Earth and um, and what they do when when these uh, these leaders leave the planet. Um, and it kicks off in the middle of our uh, our big summer event next uh, or this this next summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and people know about that right yeah. secret empire yeah, yeah. Um, forget how insane you guys are <laughs> um and and uh it's gonna be cool it's uh it features uh it features quake uh rounding up a team and and going out and uh saving saving the world uh, it's gonna be pretty awesome who's on the team um on the team with her we've got miss marvel uh moon girl devil dinosaur uh karnak mm-hmm. who who can see the flaw in all things so he's gonna kind of kind of be an advisor to the team sure um, and then another one of our new guys, Inferno. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty awesome, I think. Yeah. And um, then there's uh, Black Bolt. Black Bolt's our third book. Uh, he's getting his solo book for the first time. Um, and that's uh, he's going to be uh, in prison, uh, so this crazy alien prison. He doesn't know why he's there, how he's there. Um, and, and readers are going to know as much as he does. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty crazy, uh, uh, interesting, scary book. Um, uh, a writer named Saladin Ahmed is new to comics. He's going to be writing this, uh, and this incredible artist Christian Ward uh, is drawing it, and mm. it's it's a bonkers book. Um, I think people are going to be surprised by this one. And how do you get around the whole he can't talk then? You got to read, read it. Got to read it to <laughs> find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Very cool. Um, so he's a prison. He can't talk. Not saying. Yeah. <laughs> he's being as or, silent or as blackballed about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, last uh, last question. What do you pitch to the reader who is t- trying to decide between the X-Men and the Inhumans for uh, for their purchases? What? Why do the X-Men? Really? <laughs> like, is that even a question? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah. how, how about look in your closet and pick whatever... Uh, whatever you have in your closet. Like, pick whatever characters you have in your closet. How about that? Why are you keeping characters in your closet? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what characters are in the closet? Do you mean, do, like, do you costumes? Mean like an or yeah. toys? Yeah, if you already have yeah. a Black Bolt costume, you, uh-huh. you, should, you should go with the, go the, Black the Bolt. human books. But, like, like the rest of us, like me and Daniel, if you have uh, uh, Jean Grey costumes, mm-hmm. <laughs> jump on that book. I have many. <laughs> I don't think it has to be an either-or. That's right, Will. It doesn't. That was the answer I was looking for. Of course the Inhuman guy would say that. That was the answer. I was <laughs> I'll, I'll say that X-Men have had a bunch of chances at bat. A bunch of... What's about to get real? teams again. Yeah. Inhumans were... It's a little more... A little more... I, th- I think that's I think that's one of the things about the two lines though is that there's some distinct X Menness and mm-hmm. there's some distinct Inhumanness. Yeah. And so even though uh, you know at the, at the very like you know most global level it's like oh it's these people who have powers or they, you know they're born with something different or whatever. Um, I think that's really fun that, that you have these two mythologies that kind of stand alongside each other and do very different things. And I think what's also fun is that you know X Men and Inhumans they both can do sci-fi in a way that a lot of the other Marvel properties can't. 
Sure. Um, and I think that that's really fun that, um, you know, in my sense, it's with the X-Men, it's, hey, we're going to open a school for mutants in the middle of Central Park, and it's going to be, you know, a lot of fun as these kids learn how to use their spectacular powers to save the planet. As meanwhile, you've got the Inhumans, like, jetting out into space or yeah. um, <laughs> in prison. From it's, it's, kind of yeah. Taking, yeah. it's kind of taking that same idea, but placing it in very different constraints for story. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think we did it, guys. I think we uh, we got to the bottom and the root of the issues. We sorted them out. I declare this first X-Men and Human Summit a huge success. We'll have more in the future. Thanks right. for joining us, guys. Thanks. Thank Thanks. you. Stay tuned for more This Week in Marvel right after this important announcement from our sponsor. Marvel Gear and Goods Crate is the ultimate subscription box for Marvel fans with items you can't get anywhere else. Live the Marvel lifestyle for just $39.99 a month for a value of over $80. The next theme is Whippin' X, featuring Wolverine and all-new Wolverine. This crate delivers to you a go-bag and other gear that will set you up in heroic fashion for any adventure that comes your way. You have until 9 p.m. Pacific time on March 15th to subscribe, so head to LootCrate.com slash MarvelGear and use promo code MARVELPOD to save $3 on your subscription today. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah. Hello this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Assistant Editor Christine Den. Und wir Stromstein. Oh, God. Und for our opening acts today, we have... Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Ryan, you know, if you listen to the first hour of this episode, you know me. Und we also have... Uh, Danny Koo, Senior <laughs> Producer, Marvel Games. This is my first time. First time? Yeah. Ever on a podcast. On any podcast. <laughs> on any podcast. Yeah, Danny, yes. what's up? <laughs> Just get get really, really close with that microphone. Whisper. Start whispering. Um, Christine has a handy list to Why are you so far away from the microphone? Because he's really loud when he shouts anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're the editor, so you understand (laughs) what's going on. Oh, 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 trust me. I'm watching the levels. Uh, He's always in the red. (laughs) Isn't that true? Uh, About everything in life. Games news. What we got going on in games, Christine and Danny? Danny, can you tell us about the Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 comic? Sure. Um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 comic come bundling in uh, retail, set to launch next week. Uh, it's, uh, oh my god, is it happening so soon? I recorded something for it for Thwip. It's yes, happening. It's happening. It's, it's ex- happening. This is Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Bear in mind, not Marvel vs. Capcom I know, Strami. Okay, it's, just making sure. It's Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom. Yes. With the Ultimate and mm-hmm. Part 3. So, yeah, if you haven't done so, GameStop is, uh, you can pre-order from GameStop. Uh, you know, this will be on PlayStation 4, Xbox, and Steam. Yeah, and so the comic that you get um, through, was it GameStop? Mm-hmm. You, it has art by Sean Chen mm-hmm. and Gerardo Sandoval. Correct. That's awesome. And we did a story on that on Marvel.com. Mm-hmm. And I think the story for the comic was written by Jim Zub. Yes. Um, which, is, which is super cool. Jim's doing really great work on Thunderbolts and other projects mm-hmm. for us. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, we are looking forward for more collaboration with Capcom as we announce our game, uh, 
Mappa vs. Capcom Infinite. If only we knew someone who worked on that game <laughs> and they were on the podcast right now. I know. And they I could tell us everything. I know. <laughs> I wonder who that is. We actually, I, I got to see some cool stuff. Yep. Um, when I'm here in LA, we looked at a, a neat bit of business mm-hmm. that we can't talk about yet, but yeah. the game's progressing pretty cool. I played it number of times now which is yes. it's awesome it's getting exciting each time you see it yeah yeah it looks beautiful you guys there'll be plenty more news for us to share in the coming weeks yeah. but uh meanwhile there is ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 to tide uh, the fans over yeah so mm-hmm. that, that's the the full release pretty much on all your platforms and it's a lot of fun i mean it's if you like marvel vs. capcom 3 it's ultimate and now it's on the new console the current gen consoles mm-hmm. um yeah it's gonna be great that that comes what we said next week so Tuesday just in a couple days yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah a couple days after the Nintendo Switch release which yeah I'm excited for Danny you getting one yes I got it on pre-order ah yeah. I forgot <laughs> to pre-order but I, I pre-ordered it but I forgot to pre-order any games so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like where's my games <laughs> I pre-ordered Legend of Zelda even though I don't have the console so you guys, could uh, we can like sync up. Yeah, you guys should do like a little swap or something. Yeah, well, my game is in New York while I'm here in LA, so it's not gonna really help me too much. Regarding, we should make a trip out to like Best Buy or something <laughs> at midnight. There's one. There's a Best Buy and a Target right across the street from my hotel. I may be going there at midnight to see if I can buy a Switch. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, nerds. Yeah, I know. Lines, line probably start early, so yeah. yeah. Do. Ugh, I don't want to. I don't like lines. Anyway, back to Marvel game stuff. We had some cool stuff for yeah. what? Contest Champions. We have a new character. Yeah, I think Archangel debut in Contest of Champion this yeah. week, this week, and that character looks v- very sexy, cool, <laughs> with his metallic wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there was a there's a whole new update for Contest of Champions. I've been playing. You know, now again for a couple months, and so it's it's a lot of fun. There, there's a new big um, event going on as well. Um, the event, because I haven't started it yet, it just launched. There's it's stuff with X Men, and mm-hmm. I think we can. Um, there's one event where you can win cable, which I think you just have to log in every day. And you can get cable. How, how have you not done this yet, then? Because ha- <laughs> you can't get cable until, like, the end of the month. Oh. oh. <laughs> I, I just imagine, like, you would be, like, hounding them to give you the They will not for, give like... me anything. <laughs> None of the game's partners for, will give me anything, which is it protects the integrity of the live platforms. Yes. So take that, Strami. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe if, you know, you had one point... Six million followers. Maybe they they'd give it to you instead. Just no, you're, you're measly one point five million. No, they'll, they'll never give it, to you. and that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, Conscious Champions getting mm-hmm. cool updates, and there's more information on Marvel.com about that. What else we got? Um, so we celebrated an anniversary birthday with our partner Insomniac Games. Oh yeah, we want week. to wish Insomniac happy birthday. Our game partner for Spider-Man yeah. PlayStation. How how old are they now? How long have they been around? Uh, they're they're old. <laughs> I think it's yeah. 15 no it's got to be more than 15 more than years 15, right because yeah. they've been working on PlayStation games for a long time Richard and Clank yeah oh, yeah. yeah but I mean Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. again I'm here I get to see cool things I saw some really cool things I saw some cool things too yeah Strami was very excited <laughs> I was very excited for the cool things I saw yeah but I mean as as the year rolls on there's just going to be more opportunities to see cool things I'm mm-hmm. sure 
So stay tuned for that. I know there's a lot of vagaries. That's a lot here. of vagaries, but hey, we're trying very hard to make <laughs> make a, this new wave of Marvel games like as successful as possible. Yeah. And you know, as alluded by uh, Bill Roseman, uh, Dice Award, uh, Dice uh, talk show, and uh, he he gets to go there and give a speech about uh, building war the Marvel ways, and he. He touched on how we actually give developer freedom to um, interpret all all the characters uh, however they want, but stay true to the brand, right? So as I hear all the ingredients, as he say, you are the chef, cook a new meal, but you know essentially, but the ingredient is still the core Marvel. That's so, a great way to describe it too. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. you know, and you look at that's the way any tactic is done because the Marvel characters and the the history is what builds the films, the television shows, the new comics, the games. It all has to come from one place, but everybody's going to take it and turn it into something cool and different. Yes, and Spider Man is one of them, and <laughs> just one though. Just one of the many, many stuff that we have announced over. I know. The, the coolest thing is coming here um, to the Glendale office and talking to the games folks. You guys are always so excited. And, like, everybody's working on a million things. And yes. everybody's just like, hey, come look at this. Check, check this out. Check I want to show you out. this. Check this one thing that we didn't tell anyone about. Yeah. <laughs> look at this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was looking through a whole bunch of stuff with Bill <laughs> that has not, is not going to be talked about for a long time. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, is that everything for games? Yeah, I mean, I know that there's an event right now for Avengers Academy, uh, the Monsters Monster Unleashed. Monster Unleashed, yes. Ah, which, if you're not reading that book, one of the best books we've published. I, I love that book it's so much. It's super fun. I yes. love that book. And our partner at uh, Netmarble, the developer that do Marvel Future Fight, have created five variant covers for the entire Monster Unleashed series. Oh, nice. So one through five, and all f- Five characters, they put it back into Marvel Future Fight. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Look at that. It's like back and forth, the comics to the yeah. games, yep. to the back to the comics, and yeah. back to the games. It's neat. It's like we're fans of Synergy. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yes. Danny, do you feel good about your first podcast experience? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. How long have you been in the games industry? Um, over 15 years. Yeah. Where were you um, before Marvel? Uh, I was at Disney, and then before that I was at Activation, before that I was at Sierra Entertainment. What'd you work on at Sierra? Ooh, <laughs> if I can remember, I worked on SWAT titles. Okay. I worked on the initial King Quest reboot. Oh. Uh, I worked on um, a lot of Universal titles, mm-hmm. the movie titles like, you know, Van Helsing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, Hugh Jackman was in. Oh, he was my, Van Helsing. He was Van Helsing. I completely yeah. forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, Miami Vice stuff. There was a Miami Vice game. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whoa! I was, was shocked it, too. Was it tied <laughs> like, to the movie? Yes, pretty much. I love much. that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just love anything. That was Michael, Michael Mann, right? Yeah, it's Michael yeah. Mann. I yeah. love anything Michael Mann it's does. It's a very, like, the colors is a very dark movie. Well, the I love Michael Mann because like even even if he makes a movie that isn't necessarily you know good per se, <laughs> it always looks gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I did some Geometry Wars. You know, I the, love the, Geometry the, Wars. Yeah, the Wii port and uh, the DS. Nice. You know, yeah, back all the way old days. But you know, I <laughs> one one of the early team that started DJ Hero. Ah, oh, I still have. I think I still have DJ Hero somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's with Activision. 
and then oh I did I did help out Guitar Hero World Tour. Ooh. All right, okay. I'm surprised there's no Guitar Hero setup or like rock band setup here at Marvel. I know we should like well. I mean, nowadays we play real instruments as you grow older. Oh, excuse me, I do not. I I certainly don't. It doesn't sound the same way when I play it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I have some background in music. That's why I mentioned all all these music games. So uh, in our uh, game portfolio, I actually like work with partner to set the music direction as well. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, so on Future Fight, all your fighting uh, scenes, all those music, uh, actually work with developers set directions. And in the case of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, the announced trailer, the gameplay trailer, we didn't tell this anyone. That's actually the theme song for Captain Marvel. Oh, very cool. Yeah. There you go. Now, now we can't bring Dan back on. He's spilling all the secrets. <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> it's already released. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, over in the world of TV, we've got tons of exciting announcements for Marvels and Humans. We've been announcing the cast, uh, the remainder of the cast this week. We started with. Uh, wait, let me see the list to make sure I. Get everyone's name right. Uh, we got Anson Mount as Black Bolt, uh, Sarinda Swan as Medusa, Ken Lung as Karnak, and that's all we announced. This that, that's all we've announced as of recording. So I'm not going to announce the remainder of the names in yeah. case. Yeah, because if something, something happens. doesn't happen, if something <laughs> happens, I don't want us to be the leak. But. You will probably uh, know a few more names by the time you are listening to this. You can go to marvel.com. It's probably leading the homepage right now as you're listening. So Anton Mount was on Hell on Wheels? Yes, Is that the yeah. show? he was the star of Hell on Wheels. Yeah. Uh, I know Jason Latour, who's our video editor on this trip with me, was extremely excited about that. He said he was super cool in that show. And Ben Morse was super excited about uh, Sarinda Swan. Uh uh, he's he was a fan of hers from Graceland. Graceland. I was gonna say mm-hmm. Nashville. Nope, that's, that's different. <laughs> different show. Different show. <laughs> different show. And I am personally excited for Ken Lung. Well, I think yeah. that's a great pick for Karnak. Um, and I've uh, I, I know a little bit about what they're doing with the character, and I think he's uh, I think he's a great choice for yeah. for what they're doing. Yeah, I'm excited about how they would look like. Uh, yeah. Because Marvel on across our portfolio, we usually uh, adapt some. Like, movie costume or TV costumes back into the game. And we're yeah, so that gives you guys extra fuel and extra opportunities to do cool things. Yeah. Yeah, we were looking at some of the designs and, and some of the pieces yesterday mm-hmm. for the show. And it was just, it looks great. Yeah. Naturally. And, uh... What else we got? Uh, Marvel's Iron Fist. We're very close to, as you're listening to this, we are two weeks away. Oh my gosh. Two weeks away from the whole season available on Netflix Friday, March 17th. Uh, So not very long to wait for that. We we didn't release anything new for Iron Fist this week, did we? No. No. No, (laughs) We will see. Yeah, we've we've got some cool stuff coming. Uh, In the meantime, we still have the last week, I think we released a featurette uh, Mm -hmm. focusing on Danny. Yes. Um, there was a piece of content that went out of Danny with the fist striking down that looked really oh, cool. Oh, that's, that's a gif from the end of uh, the trailer, mm-hmm. the, the first trailer. It's just it, like watching that over and over again. I was like, yeah, that looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, Morpheus Guardians of the Galaxy Season 2. You want to talk about that, Christine? Yes. It's premiering Saturday, March 11th at 9 p.m., 
Eastern Pacific on Disney XD. It's going to be a one-hour premiere where the Guardians and the Avengers team up. Very and nice. it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. This whole second season will be going straight, and we'll have a guest next week to talk about it. That's great. Yeah, I, I was looking at the season breakdown that um, Hannah and our uh, TV team mm-hmm. shared with me. Just looking at like the characters that are mm-hmm. showing up, the storyline that the storylines that are playing out throughout the the season, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we had like we have a couple shorts debut this week on Disney's XD's YouTube and app, just to get you super psyched for next week. Are they are they new shorts or new shorts? Okay. All new, original, and there are six of them. Right. Who's in them? Uh, it features each of the guardians. Nice. Wait, so. Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, Gamora, Drax, and... I can't tell you the sixth one. You'll have to watch it. <laughs> Cliff- well played. Cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, and, to to uh, be before, continued. Before we, uh, as we round out the uh, TV news, of course, uh, we also have to remark uh, Bill Paxton sadly passed away this past weekend. Uh, he, of course... Marvel fans uh, remember him as John Garrett, a.k.a. the Clairvoyant, from season one of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, we had a remembrance for him on the site. Uh, it's very sad news. He's very... He's, he's, only, he's only 61 years old. Yeah, I know. Too young. Um, so, of course, uh, yeah, there's that. And that's a downer. Great. So bring it back up. Classic Stromy. Oh boy, I know. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's try and uh, round it out on a good note, which is namely this week we had the premiere of a new trailer for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Fans finally got their first full look at um, Kurt Russell. Why? Wow, what, what, what happened to my brain? I like could not. I want to say Ken Russell. That's and, not. And I knew that wasn't right. And, did he okay. say? Did he say like I'm your father? Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. like Peter. Yeah, I'm your father. I'm yeah, your father. you got your first look at Kurt Russell as ego. Yep. Uh, uh, Peter's father. Uh, of course, fans fans in Hall H, I remember, saw yep. him uh, back at San Diego Comic-Con, but this is the first time anyone outside of Hall H is seeing Kurt Russell in his full ego glow or live-action glory. Yeah. And um, even still, there's, like, and I think the thing that um, James Gunn had pointed out on social media was, like, people were like, you've shown so much, and there were other people who were like, you haven't shown anything. And he's <laughs> like, we really haven't shown anything. They yeah. really haven't. They that, really haven't. That, that's the, ama- the amazing thing is, like, there have been three trailers now, three full length mm-hmm. trailers. Well, there's been two trailers and a one tease, yeah. yeah. A teaser trailer. Okay. I don't know. Whatever language they they yeah. use. For yeah. Me. Well, anyway. So, it, but it, they didn't give away anything because no. yeah. because I no. I watch every one of them. Then I go, wait a minute, that. <laughs> yeah, they did. They didn't show this. Yeah. 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 Did you get to read yeah. the script? Yeah, I got to read the script. It's like so you know. It's like no, that's just like zero spoiler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they've yeah. shown like maybe like 15 percent of the movie. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great, which is because it's it's. It's a great trailer because mm-hmm. it entices you. It gets you yep. excited about the film. It makes you think you're seeing so much without showing you almost anything. Yep. Right. And, and even like scenes that are just shown out of context. Mm-hmm. Like you don't understand yeah. what's going on fully unless you know the context. And then it's completely different. And Scenes and dialogue. Yes. Like yes. Dialogue completely out of context. <laughs> which I was like p- looking, thinking about, oh man, that's great. Because putting it just... 
gets you going down one path. Mm-hmm. Also got to mention the tease for the trailer that was put oh, out yeah. the day before, oh, that's right. That's right. which is a scene of them around a campfire <laughs> yeah. and Drax is slurping his like, soup. What? Very loudly. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And the best part, I think I saw someone online be like, they, sh- they ruined the whole trailer by you know, showing this tease. It had nothing. It was it was completely separate from yeah. the trailer. Yeah. It was just a, like a great little piece of video. Yes, oh, so great. Uh, and we also had a great, very colorful uh, new poster mm-hmm. with Star Lord showing off some wicked dance move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the colors on that are beautiful. Yes, yes, the color palette for the entire and and this. I mean, that's one thing that. I always like to talk about and remark on with the first film is the color palette and how unique they make space look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they keep that in this one and then they expand on it. There's, uh, there's some really cool visuals coming up. It's, it's definitely got its own look and feel separate from the first one mm-hmm. while still incorporating everything that you loved about the first one. <laughs> so I think that's pretty much it. Was there anything else that we missed? No. Nope. No? No. I've been... There's a lot of secret stuff that we can't talk about. Yep, lots of secret stuff. Uh, the House of Secrets. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, yes, we're working on a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, I think the only other thing, reminder, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns April 4th. Uh, we, oh my God, it's so long away. For, or, well, no, that's no, okay. it's no. way yeah, much now. Yeah, it's only a month. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like I, I mention it because this podcast will be coming out on March 3rd, so it's essentially a one month. month away by the time you're listening to this. Okay, all right. That's And that's an exciting yeah. part of the season. Yes, it's, yes. It's we, really we, we, you got a little bit of a tease at the end of uh, the second LMD story arc. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, and I will say that one of the reasons why I'm out here is actually go on set. I'm going to spend the whole day there with our team. We've got a whole bunch of us. We're going to do stuff for Thwip, the big Marvel mm-hmm. show. Um, you're already doing stuff for This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be doing stuff for Women of Marvel. We're going to be doing some extra stuff for Marvel Social, like talking with the cast and the, the crew. and It's great. And Christine is actually doing something off-site tomorrow. <laughs> I don't, do we want to talk about that at no, all? No, we can't talk about that. But I, it's for I, a different <laughs> show of ours, and diff- so she's pulling some cool stuff. Yeah, I, I was I was helping do some of that uh, yesterday as we were recording. And, yeah. uh, so some very very cool yeah. stuff that we can't cool really talk TV about. A lot of cool TV things this year. Uh, Danny, are you going on to any of the TV show sets this week? No, we have so much stuff to do, <laughs> to do in games. Is like kind of tee it up, right? That's why we're not saying a lot yeah. because when we say something, it has to be very meaningful and impact your life. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We'll kick it back to. Uh, well, I guess you, Ryan. No, and I, no. You, oh, you you didn't re- you aren't in the next. Bit? I didn't get to do questions and comments. I had to leave on Monday. All right. Well, we'll kick it back to Ben then. Ben and I believe Alex. Ben and Alex. Uh, mm-hmm. They will uh, they will close it out. Uh, until then, we'll talk to y'all next week. Welcome back to This Week in Marvel. I am Ben Morris, and now for our social part of the program, I've brought in a social media professional. Hello. Social media expert. Well, yeah, expert. expert. Sure. Why not? Is, uh, <laughs> our social media man on the inside, Alex Lopez. How's it going, everyone? It's good to be back here 
what was it like every, what, what, three it's weeks like ago? A few weeks ago, yeah. you were here. No, something people, around there. People liked you. Yeah, had a good response. I didn't see any responses because yep. I collect these things. No response. And I saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no response is a good response. That other laugh belongs to our intern, hey. Mr. Nick. Decided to give him a microphone. We'll, we'll see. S- yeah, we'll see, see how, how this goes. goes. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. All right. Let's get right to your questions and comments. First of all, from Chris Alexander at CA Postman 710. Tanahasi Coates writes brilliantly. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Black Panther is easily easily one of the best book stories out right now. Um, yeah, man. Ta-Nehisi is a good writer. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Crazy. Never knew. <laughs> Chris Chris Vaughn, Immortal Thor 99, has quite a few. Just so we're clear, the bar with no doors and the bar with no name are cool. The bar with no <laughs> drinks sucks. Right. You'd agree with that, right, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This Drinking problem. Yeah, we're not, bad business plan. We're not, mm-hmm. not getting into this on the podcast. The news that Jason Aaron's leaving Doctor Strange saddens me. But as long as he's on Thor, I'll allow you to live. Very gracious. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thank you thank, for that. Thank you for uh, allowing us all to live. I just um, started my life, so thanks. You, what? What are you? <laughs> what are you? I'm, I'm intern. I'm five. Jesus. <laughs> I regret. Illegal, I regret but. giving him a microphone already. <laughs> um, don't forget to mention the digital exclusive editions of Monsters Unleashed. Thank you, Chris. I will <laughs> mention those um, on on uh, the Marvel Digital Shop or the digital app. You can get special editions of Monsters Unleashed. So, for instance, the issue that was out this week, yeah. there was a special edition. You can only get it digitally. Thanks for doing our job. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> what if, I think I already said that already. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't mention Doctor Strange's friendship is magic line from the Doctor Strange 1MU issue. Well, our tagline is friendship is dope, not friendship is magic. So that's two different things. Yeah, you can't get that mixed up. It's it's brand confusion. Alex, you know all about (laughs) brand confusion. I get it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Any plans to copy doing handbook entries in individual books like in Spider-Gwen? I think that's a a uniquely Spider-Gwen thing for right now. Is there a way to do chapter stops in the podcast? I'd like to be able to skip ahead sometimes. Okay. We had multiple requests for this. Um, People wanting chapter stops in the podcast. None of the podcasts I listen to have chapter stops. I don't know if either of you listen to podcasts with chapter stops. So at that point you're like, so we're not getting it. (laughs) I did not say that. I did not say that. What I'm saying is for those of you who want us to have chapter stops – Reach out and let us know what podcasts have chapter stops so we can get in touch with those people uh. and find out how they do it because we'd love to do it. I, it, would, it would make everyone's lives easier. I mean, except potentially the person editing, but who cares? So it's Christine. <laughs> what if it's like a cheat code way and you're just like, jump ahead of this timestamp <laughs> if you want, like, you know, this section? Yeah, that's how it would work. Yeah, but I mean, no, there's like actual chapter stops where you can press like fast forward and like it goes to that, like the next chapter. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about like this, will, they have to do it by themselves. They had to actually fast forward with their are hand. You, what are you doing with your hand <laughs> that the listeners can't see? You got to scroll. I'm scrolling oh, with yeah, my yeah, finger. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. It's got to be nice, easy. Okay. Hit fast forward. You get to the next chapter thing. That's what we're looking for. We'll sell for nothing less. <laughs> um, the music is way too loud. I have to crank you guys up when listening, but it, when it goes to another segment, it kills my ears. Yes, right? I we'll, agree. We'll work on that. We can definitely work on that. I hate the new deal of not getting the digital copy of the book I bought. I keep getting copies of a book I already have. This is, again, something we have heard from many corners. Yes. Uh, it's not really our department, so we can't do anything about it. 
but I will let you know that the sales team is listening. Yeah. And they will uh, being on social out. as I am all the time. Social all the time. Ex, ex, social expert. Yeah. Uh, I get so many complaints directed at the Marvel one all about that. So yeah. I'm glad the sales team is listening. I didn't know. They're listening. <laughs> They're listening. We'll see what happens. All right. Up next, we got Deanna Chapman. She said, to Agent M, can't get the latest episode of This Week in Marvel to download on my podcast app. Fails every time. What is your podcast app? Is, I would like to know. Is it the iTunes podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Deanna, at, let us know what your podcast app is. Uh, send it to me at Ben J. Morse, and I'll see if we can't get you straightened out. Ben take, takes care of all fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we got Hayden Sane? San? Oh. Sane. Sane. All right. Yeah. I'm currently catching up on the podcast, and I have to say, it's surreal hearing tweets read that I forgot I even made. Nice. All right. And he says, the DNA influence on the new Nova series gives me so much joy. Wonderful use of new and old concepts and characters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I love that. I love the new Nova series. And uh, Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez are very respectful of all the stuff that Dan and Andy and that everyone did. Um, they have elements of every Nova series weaved into there. It's very cool. Yep. And then he goes on to say, I just learned that my favorite Marvel characters, Surfer and Panther, appeared within four issues of each other. Crazy. Yes, they did. They were creating a lot of stuff back then in the uh, old Fantastic Four by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Yeah, around that time, it seemed like they were kind of just like churning out, churning out new characters. Yeah. I think the Inhumans were right around. <laughs> yeah, there, they too, were. Because yep. you had Galactus and the Inhumans appearing pretty close to each other. Yep. So, good stuff. All right, then we're on to John Morrissey at the Marvel Room. Laugh of the week, January twenty fifth? Question mark. Spidey, De- <laughs> Spidey Deadpool number one point mu. When the young witches summon Deadpool's heart mate and Spidey appears. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. And he says, "By the way, laughs of the week number oh for two four for oh number two, two, two four. four. Jeez, come on. How many laughs of the week does this guy have? All of them. <laughs> All right, for January twenty fifth, we're also in Spidey Deadpool number one dot mu. Thank you, writer Joshua Corin. Hmm. This is Momo week for January 25th. Regaining, kissing, and relosing Roger in Spider-Man number 15. Dennis Hopeless is a master. He's very good. Yeah. Everyone's very excited about the uh, Roger developments yeah. in Spider-Woman. I'm actually really enjoying Spider-Woman right yeah, now. Yeah, Spider-Woman's it's great, great, man. great. It's I one agree. of our most under-the-radar titles. Yes, I agree. And he goes on to say, it's official. I hate this week in Marvel. What? Oh. Why? Whoa. Why? Because Whoa. I need to select the Twim of the Week, January 25th, and it's impossible. We don't even do Twim of the Week anymore. Yeah. So there's really no pressure <laughs> on you. I don't know where you got that from, guy. Yeah. So stop hating. Yeah, stop the hatitude. All right. And he says, Monsters Leash is crushing it with Avengers number one point MU and Spider Spidey Deadpool number one MU. So I could choose them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Good choices. Hmm. And he says, but then there's Carnage number 16, Daredevil number 16, and Doctor Strange number 16. All excellent. And all number 16. All right. So you have a lot of choices, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes on to say, perhaps I should choose Cap Steve Rogers number 10 or the Slugfest in Thanos number 3 or the gut punch that was Spider-Woman number 15. Or should I be completely subjective and go with my title of the year, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 15. I know my tweet of the week for January 15th is Marvel Comics. Mm. Enough said. Nice. Well nice. handled. Well handled. Mm. Yeah. Well Brought it back. Very diplomatic. Yeah. All right. Very <laughs> cool. Yeah. We forgive you for hating us a second ago. <laughs> All right. He goes, cover the week for February 1st, the frightening and shocking image of Spidey, Spider-Man 2099 by number 20 by Francesco Mattina. Underrated cover artist. Does yeah. a good job. Yeah. Does good work. And he goes, panel of the week for February 1st. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of, of the weeks. Yeah. <laughs> And panel of the week for February 1st is the Hellcarrier splash page from Roland Boschies and 
Dan Brown and Karnak number six. It's stunning. Stunning. Okay, I thought that Rich Rider was back, but the thing in Nova number three is not Rich Rider. Is it? Love this and Perez rock. You have to keep reading to find yeah, out, man. We can't tell you. Yeah, yeah it could be. All right. This is Genie with a character face in Old Man <laughs> Logan, number 17. Ben J. Morse, don't mess with me. I know you know what's going on. I do know what's going on. I've read to the end of that Old Man Logan story, and yeah, you yeah. can too because the issues are on sale. Yeah, and Ben also just knows everything. I know everything. He says, my tune of the week for February 1st is Champions number 5. I'm not a fan of Gwenpool or Viv Vision, but Mark Wade made me believe. Wow, that was a surprisingly easy <laughs> yeah. process to pick his tune of the week for uh, yeah. for February Got 1st. down to one tweet versus yeah, no, like seven before. Yeah, right. <laughs> interesting, very interesting. All right, Nick, why don't you read the next few? All right. Joshua <coughs> Cooper at CMDR Socket, I believe. Uh, I think the correct Do you term. Believe? For, you I, can I read it. I believe it. I don't know. Is it commander Do socket? I, I see it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> it might be commander socket. Who knows? Uh, I think the correct term for Wesley's job in Kingpin's organization is major domo. Major domo. Can we confirm or deny that? Uh, I, I, can we? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot. Nope. No idea. Um, there were a lot of villains I thought would kick off Daredevil hiding. Typhoid Mary did not make the list. Ooh, there you go. That's true. Uh, if it's possible, Mr. Misery is even creepier as just a guy in a hoodie. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think anyone in a hoodie in the, in the right light could be J- just quite creepy. Just anyone just in a hoodie? Yeah. All right. Oh, well, you wear hoodies. I do, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> now it's cre- Guess I'm just creepy. It's creeping you creepy out. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am on board with every infamous Iron Man character uh, cover that looks like a Renaissance painting. Yep, those are I pretty agree. good. It's mm-hmm. pretty solid. Pretty cool. Infamous Iron Man is filling most of the hole in my Fantastic Four loving heart. Most of it. Well, I hope, you know, maybe it could fill all of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I regret it as I said it. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what do tough guys do? Uh, Pior, uh, Peter, excuse me, drink protein shakes and spot each other powerlifting? That's a commentary on the Colossus versus Gorgon battle of the buff Superman in uh, yeah. IVX. Which is also it's a great fight. That's, that's what tough guys do, I guess. That's what tough guys I, do. Yeah. Alex, is that what you do? Yeah. It's a staple of my every day. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, Alex, for those who don't know, Alex is huge. I can't even, like, I can't sit next to him. <laughs> fills the whole table. Yep. Thanks, uh, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no champions tie-in to sitting in a tree seems like a missed opportunity now. No, I think they got the whole story in, and it was kind of cool when Miss Marvel showed up in the issue of... Uh, of Spider-Gwen. Yeah. I thought, I thought that kind of made it very I, special. Yeah, that, I was going to come back and say the same thing. I thought mm-hmm. it didn't have to have a champion's tie, and I thought no. it, it did enough. <laughs> no, they definitely didn't. That leaves more room for later exactly. when they could bring Spider-Gwen into an issue of champions, which would be very cool. Uh, let's see. We refuse to raise our sons in fields of death. Uh, at, what does it say? Ta-Nehisi Coates. Writing words of truth in a picture book. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Hashtag comics are lit. Yeah. That's a double meaning, guys. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Can we talk about the at Iwan, what does it say, Iwan Hyun for a sec? Yeah, I think it's it's Iwan Rion. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Iwan Rion for a second. So that's the uh, new, that's the guy who's going to be playing Maximus. Maximus. Also played a character named Rion. Yes, in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Mm. okay. Uh, can we have this show now? Just Maximus snarking and being slimy. All I need. Yes. Well, now we've also revealed the char- the actors as of as of today. today yes. We've got uh, Anson Mount playing Black Bolt. Yep. We've got Serenda Swan playing Medusa. We've got Ken Leung playing Karnak. Yeah. Oh, so we've got a be... very good cast. Oh, amazing, man. an amazing cast coming and up. I think this is the first time that 
being a social expert on social all the time, mm. I've seen all, <laughs> <laughs> all the comments on like the casting has been so positive. positive. Yeah, great. like everyone's just like, "This is perfect. This show's gonna be crazy." Yeah. And I agree. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Hot take there. <laughs> Uh, best part of the new uh, we, This Week in Marvel format, uh, pausing mid-paragraph to prove Ben J. Morse right and Agent mm. M wrong, hashtag Thanos Rising. I wish Ryan was here yeah. to witness that tweet. That's kind of disappointing. Can we put that tweet in the next week's too? Oh, don't worry. All right, <laughs> yeah. Just going to put it in there. Yeah. In there. Just going to uh, talk about it again. <laughs> Kelsey Knobloch, opening Doctor Strange number 17 to see Fraser Irving art instead of Chris Pachala was a surprise, but not really a bad one. I love Bichalo's style for Doc Strange, but I feel like Irving's softer, ethereal style fits the Sorcerer Supreme better. I think they're both great in their own special ways. Diplomatic. Um, very diplomatic. <laughs> I never used to care about comic art, but up until last year, I never read comics in print at all. So... Wow. Interesting. Rocket Raccoon solo series consistently delivers, and Craven caught monologuing in issue three is the best thing so far. I would argue that Craven's line... Uh, in issue three where he goes, all I do is win, might be the best thing ever. Ooh, that's Parker a tough Raccoon one. asked him what he's doing, <laughs> and Craven goes, all I do is win. <laughs> that's it was, tough. It was awesome. Oh, Craven's so great. I love him so much. After a snafu with downloading, uh, shout out to Marvel Support for fixing it. Episode 277 of This Week in Marvel was amazing. The Secret Empire interview was the best. Ooh. And the This Week in Marvel team was on point. Seriously, these guys don't get enough recognition. I agree 100%. Uh, one last one from Kelsey. Hey, this week in Marvel, can we talk about Stromy's strange and unique yet endearing laugh? No. Oh, We're not going to talk, wah, about, wah, We're not gonna talk wah, about it. Fine. What do you want to say about it? I just want to point out that I finally met Stromy a yeah. couple weeks ago in person, and he's everything I thought he'd be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if Stromy didn't exist, we'd have to invent him. Yes. Kyle Charles, I just read Nova 2 and 3 back-to-back, and I got to say, I love it. He loves it. Uh, <laughs> Uncanny X-Men 17, the Sabretooth focus issue, was the best issue of Uncanny I have ever read. Thank you, Colin Bunn. Uh, it's a good issue. Yeah. There's a lot of good issues of Uncanny X-Men. There's like 700 or 800 issues of Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Quite a bit. Uh, Lance Presley says the conversation with Fabian Nicieza was great. Lots of insight. I'm for more interviews with URC creators. What's URC stand for, Alex? I don't know. It seems like a social thing. It does. You being the I, social expert. I guess it's that. Unlimited Reading Club. Oh, creators. Unlimited Reading Club. Good. <laughs> Nicely nice. done. Um, when we do X23, I want to get Chris Yost on. So hopefully that will happen. That'd be cool. But no promises yet. I have not contacted him. Um, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want you to be on the show. Um, Raph A.B., since May is the Cavalry, Max should be nicknamed the Artillery. The man has so much great weapons. Yeah. Little, I, little hashtag, Agents of shield. shield. Yeah, I, I can see that, but he's mostly about his shotgun axe. That's <laughs> oh, his big yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love, I love that show. The show's great. This Week in Marvel... 277. Ben says Maximus is on his journey. Ryan says, Do you watch Game of Thrones? A few days later, wow. I want to read on Maximus. We know what we're doing here. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Uh, Maximus and his gang are going to cook some Terrigen. I just imagined a Inhumans Breaking Bad mashup. Oh. Yeah. Good. Anyway, and then we got Ricky Williams at Ricky Williams 1. Just reading back through some old issues. Whatever happened to Phantom L? Hashtag Wolverines. 
you know, I think Phantom L is supposed to be showing up somewhere soonish. Okay. But I don't know where. And I might well, be wrong. <laughs> just, just like the worst tease I've ever given. Just keep reading to find keep out. Keep reading. <laughs> keep reading everything. Yeah. Then we got Rob Nolan. He said, question, if Civil War II collects the main book, where are the fallen accused and the oath one-shots collected? It's a great question. That is a great question. You would think it would be in yeah. Civil War. I don't mm. know, though. All right. Maybe they might do a, sometimes do a special book where they do like the Civil War companion or something along those lines. I bet that's coming. Yeah. All right. Then we run to Robert at Captain Rogers 44. Loving Jessica Jones number five. Also, Black Widow number 11 was really strong thanks to Mark Wade and Chris Samney. Has Widow met her match? Hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, we'll bum, see. Bum, bum. There we go. At Nick Spencer, killed it this week. Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Sam Wilson are on point with great poignant stories I and shocking are, revelations. Other things are on point. Yes, I'm noticing it's good. That's the, I guess that's doing in what right we're now. doing well. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the kids say. Yeah. Captain America, Steve Rogers, Mighty Captain Marvel, and Thunderbolts are all really strong this week. But giving my pick to Occupy Avengers number four. Good book. Yeah, that is a very good book. I think it's also one of the under radar ones mm-hmm. for sure. It's, Hawkeye's ability to find trouble never disappoints, and Fury's message about old friends was very ominous. Does he know? Fury knows everything. Yeah, yeah. he's Nick Fury. What, what do you expect? <laughs> All right, then we got Robert at RCS underscore T. Episode 277 fails to download for me. Says there's an error in the media format. Anyone else having problems? I think 277 is the one that got yeah. delayed a little bit, but it should be taken care of now. Okay. So if you go and listen to it now, you should be okay. I'm willing to bet that's the one that the other person was talking about yeah. earlier on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then we got Sam at Captain EMT 12. Can you please explain if Steve's physical history was changed or his memories and personal reality? So I know the answer to this, but yeah. I'm going to leave it to Ben. No, <laughs> please give the answer. I mean, is it out there already? Because that... I, I know like when it's going to be really revealed. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. But... Well, if this is something that's going to get really revealed <laughs> soon, we probably don't want to talk about too much. So okay. we'll just say keep, keep reading Captain America, yeah. Steve you, Rogers. You'll find out. You'll find out soon enough. All right, Nick, your turn. Simon Williams, that's Simon Sebs. I like that. Uh, Twim of the week for <laughs> 2 through 15. Sam Wilson, number 19. I really have no words to describe how powerful this series is. Those are words. Yes, yes. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> reading Mighty Thor, number 16. I didn't think there were gods worse than Odin and Loki, but reading Invincible Iron Man, number 4. Good to see Riri. Nope, skipped, yeah. skipped a line. Skipped a line. Classic line. Nick. Classic Nick. <laughs> and I keep going. Whoopsies. Um... Oh, sorry, excuse me. So, uh, I'll, I'll take it back. I'm reading Mighty Thor number 16. I didn't think there were gods worse than Odin Loki, but the Shi'ar gods have she been... Shi'ar. Shi'ar. Excuse me. Wow. <sighs> Terrible. Plummeting. Terrible. Stock plummeting. Just, Give him a microphone one so time. now. <laughs> yeah. It's the last uh, appearance of me. Yeah. Uh, reading Invisible <laughs> Iron Man number four. Good to see Riri can defend herself without her armor. Uh, when did Pepper? When did Pepper learn to fight? I mean, Pepper's known how to fight for a while. Yeah, over the years, she's had a lot of yeah. training with the likes of Iron Man. I'm sure she probably got Steve Rogers to train her at some point, like yeah. everyone else did. I mean, she's even had her own armor. Yeah, like, she's had her own armor. She's good. She's fine. Don't yeah. worry about. <laughs> don't herself. don't worry about Pepper Potts. Pepper's got it on lock. Mm. Uh, reading Hellcat number fifteen. If Patsy Cold is magical, she should get. Uh, Senor Magico to take a look at her. That would have been awesome. If Senor Magico showed up in Patsy Walker Hellcat, that would have made my my month. Yeah, that would have been really cool. <laughs> at least. Uh, every week they come out, World of Wakanda and or Invincible Iron Man could be my twim of the week. Yeah, good books. Oh, totally. 
Uh, they always end up getting edged out by another book. It's a testament to how good both comics are. Hmm. Twin of the week for uh, February 22nd, Champions number one, MU. One yeah, point MU. that was a good one. We picked that as one of our books to focus on as I well. I love Champions. Yep. I'm guessing at Ben J. Morris enjoyed the fight between Crystal and Magic <laughs> and Extraordinary X-Men number 19. Nope, wrong. Oh. I do not enjoy anything yeah. that Crystal's in. I don't want to see her on panel. Yeah. doesn't matter if she's getting doesn't beat matter. up or she's anything. Getting beat up, if she's there, Ben that's, hates that's it. It's taking an opportunity from another <laughs> character to get beat up. You guys can't see. Ben's getting really red in the face that he just said that. I'm so <laughs> angry. So upset right now. So angry. Uh, throughout uh, hashtag IVX, I've been wondering, where is Kitty Pride? I don't think I've seen her yet. You got to check out Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. grounded for where Kitty Pride is at and why she is not a part of IVX. It will be revealed soon enough. I was enjoying Scarlet Witch. If it has to end, at least it went out on a good note. Sure, yeah. that was a good final issue of the series. All right, Squirrel Boy, Dirty Lash. Okay, Marvel, these Inhuman castings are great and all. We are all just waiting to see <laughs> who is playing Lockjaw. Ooh, I don't know if we're announcing that this week or not. Yeah, that's a I'm, big one. That's true. That's that's huge. Uh, Tech Lord likes Pendragon. The Marvel.com RSS feed appears to not be working again. Mm. Episode number 277 isn't there. We'll look into it. Uh, Victor C. Rocco. So I'm guessing Marvel isn't planning a Phantom Reporter movie anytime soon. And then, list, and then links us to the Wikipedia page for the Phantom Reporter, which I can't read because it's on a piece of paper. So I have no <laughs> idea what the joke is here. Well. And finally, we'll back to you. <laughs> last but not least, from the Wolfman, Ben, do you miss me? I made sure to include this one. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, no, Wolfman, it's impossible to miss you because you're not truly gone. Yeah. You're still on the audio of this podcast. And, and you're still tweeting change. at him. You're still tweeting at us. Get, get, out, like, get on with your life, man. Move, <laughs> move on. Let the rest of us move on. All right, we got some emails from our twin podcast at marvel.com email. First one coming in from Jason Kim. Jason Kim? Jason Kim. Aloha, Ben and Ryan. That means hello, guys. What is the process for a writer from one series to ask permission to use another character from a different series? For example, if Nick Spencer wants to use Old Man Logan for a Steve Rogers Captain America story arc, the reference, Twim Episode 276, Ben asked Fabian Nicieza if he needed permission from the Avengers editor to use an alternate Avengers team in the new Warriors story. Please keep up the great work on the podcast. Traditionally, it is the role of editors to kind of play traffic cop in terms of availability of characters. So if Nick Spencer wanted to use old man logan nick would go to his editor tom brevoort and he would go to the old man logan editor who i don't even know who that is maybe daniel ketchum yeah um and ask him is he available would it be weird if he showed up in steve rogers captain america most likely daniel says no we'd love for him to appear anywhere and then he appears there so it's editors the creators will ask their editors and it's just one of another of the million things that editors do so let's hear it for them. Hmm. All right, then we got one from idrxbstuff at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Mm. There's no name. <laughs> it says, okay, so I really missed something. I just finished reading Infamous Iron Man number five, and Reed Richards is controlling Victor's mother. When did he become a bad guy? Well, for those of you eagle-eyed viewers out there, you know that that's not our Reed Richards, but in fact the maker okay. Ultimate Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, who has been a bad guy for quite a few years now. Um, our Reed Richards is out building the multiverse post-Secret Wars, 
But Reed Richards' ultimate version has stuck around on Earth. He was in New Avengers, and now it looks like he's going to become a problem for Doctor Doom as well. Yeah. The dynamic of good guy Doctor Doom against bad guy Reed Richards should be very interesting. Yeah. So he didn't become a bad guy. He's just continuing to he's be a bad guy. He's continuing to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one's from Joshua Cooper. Um, Your old buddy Commander Socket. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ryan and Ben. (laughs) Last week, in response to a comment I made about Miss Marvel number 15, you mentioned it was good to hear positive comments about the inclusion and representation in Marvel books because people were using moments like that to talk about why why Marvel was failing. I wanted to share something I wrote on Facebook last September about Marvel and inclusion. This was in response to something Brian Michael Bendis posted on Tumblr about Riri. Um, uh, if anybody wants to know, this is why Marvel is winning, because Marvel is populated with brilliant minds who write and develop wonderful characters who are also black or Hispanic or women. People like Brian Michael Bendis and Tom Bravort, also, uh, and it's also populated with brilliant minority creators like Greg Pak and Santa Amanat, who... I probably butchered that, sorry, (laughs) who just asked the question, what if 16-year-old me had superpowers and then developed Amadeus Cho and Kamala Khan and turned them into the most important characters of a generation? People like Kelly Sue uh, DeConnick, who dared dared to ask, what if Carol Danvers Danvers was a person and a woman? And then spread the idea throughout an entire company, making it... Uh, making the rally cry of brilliant ladies who call themselves the woman of Marvel. I can't wait to introduce my nieces, who are 14 months and 6 months old, to Kamala, because she's that important. Because I've never been introduced to a character that is more important to believing there are, uh, there may be there may one day be peace in my lifetime. Because she is all of the teenage greatness that Peter Parker should have been, that Miles Morales is, wrapped up in a package that is everything our current leaders tell us we should hate. Because unlike Matt Murdock or Nightcrawler, her religion, her religion augments and enhances... Uh, the life she finds uh, in her, herself in, which is an aspect of myself that I've never seen in comic book character before. Because she is equally strong and vulnerable, her vulnerability is her strength. Because she is first and foremost the most approachable and relatable person I've seen in comics since Ben Grimm. Uh, we can be quieter sometimes because, for the most part, we are getting what we want, but there are many of us out there who believe in what you are doing and give you our time and money to show it. Keep up the great work. Uh, you're welcome to read the above on the podcast or just share it uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, instead, <laughs> we, we, didn't just have it, we didn't just have it read. It was read by none other than Nick Jacobino. Yeah. Hey. Is This Week in Marvel Whee. podcast. I don't, there's not a better way to go out than on a letter like that. That was great. Yeah. Thank you for uh, the kind words. Yeah. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you so much. And I'm glad we're, uh, we're doing good by you. And we'll keep doing good by you. Uh, next week, I don't know. Who's hosting the podcast? Because Ryan's out. Oh. So he might be pressed into service. Hey. Well, we'll see. I'll be maybe here we'll, for you. <laughs> maybe we'll have a, an all-star uh, panel come and fill in, but it should be fun. Hope you guys are enjoying everything. We enjoy bringing it to you. This is Marvel, your universe.